Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. God, you people work just like the mob. There's no difference. Oh, there's a big difference, Mr. Marco. The mob is run by murdering, thieving, lying, cheating psychopaths. We work for the podcast. Sure. Right? Such a good line. Okay. The best line in the movie, Now, right? what's this thing you were All burning right. to All tell right. us? All right. On so Mike. you're the one who's like, oh, Will Arnett, can you check his Kid Choice Award uh, run for me there? Can you can you delve in the database? I knew he got nominated we were for having Best a Will Lead Arnett Actor chat. in a Movie. <laughs> no, I guess the Kid Choice Award doesn't support it. favorite movie performer sure. or whatever, yes. But for the Ninja Turtles movies, and I couldn't remember if he had been nominated for both or he had one for one. He was nominated for both and one for neither. It is kind of absurd because he's in about two scenes of the second movie. So funny. He's so funny. Um, But so I'm looking at the 2017 awards when Will Arnett was nominated but lost to Chris Hemsworth for Ghostbusters for favorite movie actor. I mean, a pretty great performance. Uh, the nominees is uh, Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill, both for Batman vs. Superman, and Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. for Civil War. Do you think a bunch of kids were, like, writing into Nickelodeon being like, please nominate Sadfleck. We <laughs> love this performance. But then I just was I was just looking around at some of the other categories. Uh-huh. Here's one. This is the entire name of the category. I'm going to okay. say it out loud. Sure. Hashtag squad. That's the whole category. Can That's I guess the nominees? With a K. No K. Uh-huh. No K. Uh, there are six nominees uh, for um, not even best hashtag right. squad, but just hashtag squad. Okay, so one of the nominees is the Ghostbusters? Correct. Uh, are any of them MCU? Uh, one of them is. So do they do Team Cap or Team Iron Man? No, it's just Civil War. This is, you're, you're, you're being too inventive. The squad is a war? <laughs> it's true. The squad is very definitively divided in that it's movie. It's pointedly not a squad. <laughs> they are not hashtag squad. Wait, what year is this? 2017. So the films of 2016. You know what my favorite squad is? Uh, World War One. <laughs> well, here's some of the other hashtag squads. Well, okay. Are they all movies? Is it Rogue yeah. One? Rogue in One that? is one. Oh, good cat. We learned a squad gets dies. annihilated. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they didn't even get job, to Chris. win the Kids' Choice Award. No. They only got nominated. <laughs> was the Suicide Squad nominated? No, which they should have been. Because it was that kids. year. That's it an rated R. Rated R. Rated R. Yeah, okay. Um, I would well, just like to point out the last time I was on for Josie and the Pussycats, the first 20 minutes, are you guys talking, talking about, about the Saturn, Saturn Awards? Awards? That's right. <laughs> wow. So well, it's a great so tradition. Please, great tradition. We're going to move through this. But uh, okay. the other nominees, well, yeah. one, obviously, what was the film Will Arnett was in? Uh, oh, the Ninja Turtles. Uh, full title, please. Who had come out of the shadows. All right, well, fair enough. And then you've got a... Uh, <laughs> ex- that film is called The Ninja Turtles, <laughs> colon, <laughs> who had come out of the shadows. Yeah, it was structured like a New York Times headline. Uh, and then uh, X-Men... One which have come out of the shadows. X-Men shadow. Apocalypse, which I suppose they're a squad. Yeah, they're a squad. They're X-Men squad. Yeah, there's some teamwork. And then the, the winners, Finding Dory. Is that a squad? Who they're counting as the squad? No. Here are the winners. Nemo, Marlon, I, I and Dory. I assume all these guys got blamed. Hank? Ellen DeGeneres. Okay. Albert Brooks. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Olsen? Who'd she play? Oh, Destiny. Of course, Destiny. What, what's that? Destiny, what? the beluga whale. Beluga whale, okay. Great uh, character. Hayden Rowland. Was she a beluga? Now I'm questioning. Okay, she was a whale. Anyway. Uh, Willem Dafoe, Ed I, O'Neill, Ty Burrell, and Eugene Levy. Okay, here's what's kind of absolutely bananas about this list, Okay. Run through that that cast again, and I'm going to just DeGeneres. Dory, herself, member of the squad. Albert Brooks. Marlon, Marlon, member of the squad. Caitlin Olsen. 
Destiny joins the squad. Okay. Uh, Hayden Rollins. I assume plays Nemo in a recasting. Must be, right. Willem yes. Dafoe. He's the, the guy. Has a cameo after the credits. <laughs> oh, boy. Where he does not interact with any of the other characters mentioned here. Ed O'Neill. Hank is a is a reluctant member of the squad. What is he, a blowfish or something? No! Know. He's a septopus. Okay, fine. He's an octopus who had one of his oh, tentacles right, removed. Right. He's a great character. Ty he Burrell? won Best Supporting Actor that year. Well, this, of course, this is Bailey, who is probably my... Yeah, I think Bailey's a beluga. Anyway, he's probably my favorite character. The and film. then uh, Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy plays Dory's dad. And the so entire I, movie is that she's trying to find her dad. He's not part of the squad. But but who's the mom? Diane Keaton. They didn't include no, no, her. Hated. Not nominated. Not part of the squad. The Out otters, of the squad. The otters should have been part of the squad. You think if there was Seinfeld episode about this episode, I mean about this category, Seinfeld would have gone, Out, Out of the, of the squad. squad. She's not in the squad. The turtles are in the show. What is she in? They're in the show. They're in the show. I said that. I'm hanging myself. Yeah, Andrew's um, uh, right yeah, wrapping yeah. a cord uh, around Self-murder her happening here in the studio. <laughs> oh, boy. Not part of the squad. Um, very rude to snub Diane Keaton. Very weird to put in Willem Dafoe. Maybe Diane Keaton did like a Candace Bergen where she was like, I've got enough blimps. No more blimps. Don't nominate me. The Laraquette. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, <laughs> the Kids' Choice Awards, of course, are uh, voted on by children. Yes. Okay. But are nominated yeah. fully by adults. Right. And who decides that? Yeah. Like, well, I, I just imagine one know. guy who's like, I don't know, who should be the squad? It's right. just like a heavy set sort of middle aged guy. Sometimes it feels like they look at the box office or they ask their kids. And sometimes right. there are nominees that are totally inexplicable. Right. Where, like, The Tooth Fairy, a film in the its rock. year, did all right. And I could imagine they would go, my kid liked that. Sure. And if you want to nominate the rock, the rock to promote something. Right. right. Makes yeah. total sense. Right. But in what universe did a large enough number of kids, if pressed for question, answer? The Tooth Fairy. No. Ashley Judd in The Tooth Fairy <laughs> is my choice for best movie actress. Oh, she is good enough. But like, but you know what I'm saying? She sounds like she's pretty good in the movie. Never yeah. mind. I'm hoisted by my this Married the, to the mob. This is the only year they did a hashtag is squad. Is a movie. Married yeah. to the mob. That's true. Yeah. Married to the squad. Married to the, Married to the hashtag squad. It is a squad. A mob is like squad. a squad. Very yes. much so. Yeah. And yes, uh, this is a movie about when ha- what happens when you leave the hashtag squad. And this is a podcast hashtag about. Not squad goals. Directors with massive success. <laughs> Early on in their hashtag career, and they give it a series of hashtag blank checks, make whatever crazy hashtag passion products they want, and sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they hashtag bounce, baby. Hashtag baby. And this is a miniseries on the films of Jonathan Demme. It is called Stop Making Podcasts. That's right. And this is a first. This is the first time we've ever had a guest on the podcast who was named after the movie they're discussing. Right. As far as we know. Well... Is anyone else even in contention? <laughs> Look back over the episode. I'm trying yeah. to remember. Oh, Terminator 2 Johnson. I forgot that he was the guest on that episode. <laughs> right. I kid, of course, Sam Rogallo. Katie Rich, actually, her first name is actually Collateral. Katie's her middle name. She just uses it, you know, right? <laughs> Collateral Rich. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, good reason to call dibs on the episode. Our guest today is Andrew Gudo. Hello. Angela Farragut. Angie. Angela. Angela. Angie. And. Sure. You ever go by Angie? That I, ever happen? I don't really. So my mom specifically, the one Avoided. concern yeah. that she. So here's the story of mm, how I go. was named. Here we go. So my parents were trying to think of a name that went with Rose Farragudo. 
Rose hmm. is like my grandmother's name. And they so they knew that was going to be your middle name? Yeah. So they had middle name, last name, like ready to go. They right. had blank at sure. the beginning. I have, um, one, I have one more preamble question. Yes. Uh, this movie came out a handful of years before you were born. Idiot. Yeah. Were your parents together when this movie came out? Like, did they see it together or did they get together? I, I don't know the first time they watched it necessarily. So okay. they were watching this at home. So my mom's gotcha. story okay. was that they were like, they had a TV in their bedroom and they were just, like, up late, like, watching it mm-hmm. one night. And then I called them to, like, confirm yesterday. Mm-hmm. And my dad was, like—and then they went back and forth, like, no, that wasn't in that place. It was, like, was it in Worcester? Was it in Woburn? Mm-hmm. From Massachusetts. Right. Um, uh, but basically, long story short, is my mom was pregnant, and they were watching. This movie gotcha. came on, and then— Michelle Pfeiffer is introduced as Angela, and my mom went, oh, what a lovely sounding name. And the only pause is she she doesn't like the nickname Angie, Angie. but she was like, oh, we just won't call her Angie. Like Angie Dickinson, right? I feel like that name was sort of uh, Angie Jolie, that tramp. Yeah. Well, I think she had like Angie Jolie. I'm named after Angela. Angela. No, yeah, you're um, doing Angie. That's what they say. When yeah, she it's in. not. Very few people call me Angie, but like I, it's I like Angie. I feel like it's an older yeah. like. It is. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. mom had like an auntie Angie yeah. that was like not related at all. But you she own Angie very well. Thank you. I think, and and you branded yeah. it very clearly where no one's going to call you Angie. No, I would yeah. never yeah. call you Angie. But it is, like, fun to do that voice when you're doing, like, excessive Italian shit. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, basically my parents were like, oh, that's the name. And then, and for context, too, like, my siblings' names are Anthony and Maria. So we yes. sound like we're on the cover of, like, a pasta box, yeah. all three of us. It would have been funny if they named your siblings after Married to the Mob characters as well. <laughs> Tony. Tony. The yeah. Tony the, my brother's name is Anthony, so yeah, he was Tony for a minute. There's no, no Maria. There's no a Frank Connie. Cucumber. Yeah. No. No Cucumber. Cucumber for Please, no. Oh, God. Cuke. Cuke. There's a reason his name's the Cucumber. Because he's got a big old dick. I assume. Is that That's, what it is? Oh, because yeah. I thought it was, oh, he's cool, cool as a Cause, No, because he said they were putting the cucumber to yes. the woman that gets uh, killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, uh, you know, I'm sure Alec Baldwin insisted on that line being inserted. No, I don't <laughs> I have to put the cucumber to her. Just, so, all right. So, married to the mob. Yeah. Okay, so you were raised with this knowledge of, like, this was a film I was named after. Yeah, when I you was, asked your parents, they would be like, it's yeah, this Yeah, my brother, yeah. I think my mom just, like, it was, like, a, you know, family name. And then Maria is, like, my mom's middle name. Mm-hmm. And then me, they just, like, liked the name. Yeah. Angela, I never watched it, like, pretty much my whole life. I just wow. knew I was named after married to the mob. Yeah. Are you the third baby? I'm, I'm the middle. You're in the middle, okay. So, what's funny, too, is that, like, I... My whole life, I thought Married to the Mob was this like drama. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> sure, it sounds about like a, a mafia, right? Yeah. yeah, she's married to the mob. And like yeah. when you've seen Michelle Pfeiffer and stuff, she's always kind of yeah. like intense. Like I, you don't always she think like comedy. Sure. No. Um, and then I, I you think thought- like a th- three years ago or something, I was taking a bus back to Boston, and I downloaded it on my iPad for the ride. Sure. And I was like, this is not what I expected at all. Fucking rules. So yesterday uh, was the second time I've watched it. So like I'm named after this movie, but it's not like I Sure, really, I understand, right? It wasn't yeah. right. But you thought the definitive mob comedy was Mickey Blue Eyes. I had to get that out. I just like bringing up Mickey Blue Eyes. I was Mickey Blue Eyes? Into a, no, I don't know it. Oh, wait, you don't know the Mickey Blue Eyes? No. Mickey Blue Eyes is Hugh Grant Mary's Hugh Grant. Into the mob. We love wow. him. It was the same summer as Notting Hill. 
Which is kind of right, crazy to think about. I like weirdly haven't seen like a lot of. So we saw Goodfellas. We saw like, Goodfellas, a few weeks which you had never seen. Before. I had never yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah. I think like just like my life was enough like Italian stereotypes. So right, I, like, you didn't want to see the mob movies. Yeah, I yeah. didn't like seek it out or anything. But I, you haven't yeah. seen a lot of mob movies, right? Okay. I watched. I'm trying to think of like other Moonstruck. I would say is like my favorite. Like well, Italian. that's the greatest. Right. The Italian people in New York yell at each other. Yeah, it's also beautiful maybe, love story. Maybe maybe the greatest film ever made. I would say. I would I say think so. it's up there. It's, it's my, in the tent. It's in my top on like Letterbox D. It's just like you just put it on and it's just yeah. it's so good. I mean that movie, if you put it on near me, it's just me screaming at you like oh, that line was so good too. Like that's what that movie Look, is it's with Cosmos me. That's like moon. RD or what RPX? No, what is it? Yeah, the, yeah. What's sure, sure. No, what's the thing you like? Forty X. Well, my favorite thing is like I've shown it to like I remember showing it to my friends uh-huh. and being like, This is one of my favorite romantic my comedies. Well, it's my I favorite. Lost my hand. <laughs> Johnny has his hands. Sorry, Gary. David had to get that out. Yeah, he had um, to get that out. My friend dressed up. I, but I told my friends, like, it's this beautiful romantic comedy. I yeah. love it. And then, like, the first 15 minutes are, like, this, Screaming. like, really <laughs> shitty proposal <laughs> with this, like, total schmuck yeah. who's, like, talking about his mother. And they're like, this is a love story? I'm like, don't worry about this part. Just, like, it'll get there. Do you know how old you get David? Nicholas Cage is in Moonstruck? No. This is one of those. He's pretty young, like twenty-three look, years look old. Look at my Holy friend who dressed shit. up as him. It's so <laughs> that's good. really good. It's an incredible oh, wow, costume. He is, that's wow. So good. Have I you have seen Moonstruck, like, Manny? Yeah, it's been a while, but I, can, I, can you confirm this for me? I believe Nicolas Cage is twenty-three in Moonstruck. He's pretty young, and he's playing like thirty. Yeah, he's playing older. Although he's supposed to be younger than her. I he's feel supposed like. to be younger yeah, than yeah, her, yeah. but she's probably and he forty loves the in the fucking film. You're right. He's twenty-three. That's insane, right? Of course, but it's Cage. I know. Can't fuck around. I know. Cher, though. It's that one. He's cage throwing just heat. And then, of yeah. course, Cher just. Cher's so good. Yeah. Snap out but of I mean, it. Olivia De- I mean, not Olivia, De- Olivia Dukakis. Dukakis. <laughs> Olivia Dukakis. Uh, I, 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 I always amazing. John Mahoney is amazing. That scene where they go on the date is incredible. Like, you know, the, he plays the other guy who goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then just the whole Which dialogue. Which he explains to him, like, why all these, like, young women, like, don't work for him or right, whatever. Right, Yeah. And then the, the whole dialogue Reads where she's like, filth. why do men, you know, why do men cheat on women? Uh-huh. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? And Daniela was like, well, Adam's rib, and maybe they, they want the... Sure. And she's like, yeah, but okay, why do they chase multiple women? And he's like, I don't know, because they fear God? And she's like, that's it. That's the answer. And she's like, he's like, well, I don't know. And she's like, no. Nope, nope, Thank you for it, giving me my answer. That's so good. Moonstruck. I, I have never been able to get into Moonstruck. <gasps> that's why I've been staying silent during this. Oh, I, I mean, I saw it on your face. I it's saw the, the shame. I, I have no criticisms of it, but I've watched it a couple times, and every time I'm like, what am I not connecting oh, with you? That movie's not just connecting a with big Cher. bowl of pasta. It is. It's it like is. a nice, warm bowl. Um, Whereas this movie's a little more like people sort of keep like throwing pasta at you, and you're like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I love <laughs> more my more energetic. I like yeah. a pasta fight. <laughs> Can I tell an anecdote about the uh, the downside of working on the Blank Check podcast? Sure, go ahead. So uh, we get lunch at the Metrograph, and then Ange and I go see. Uh, we had, we had a very yeah. very serious work lunch, and then Ange and I went to go see Goodfellas at the Metrograph. Ange had never seen it before, mm-hmm. and uh, a downside to working on this podcast and being friends with us idiots mm. for years before seeing Goodfellas mm. is when the Billy Bat scene started. Ange sighed. <laughs> <laughs> the go first get time, box. go get your shine box. She went, oh, oh. Out of all the many boxes that have advertised, like at the end of it, you were show. like, "That is a great scene." But the second he said it, you were like, oh, "Here's the thing." I don't know if I did. I saw Alec like Baldwin's that, or I was just like, was like oh, a, "He's uh, gonna do it." Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Yep. 
Ah, Mary to the well, no, I saw you wanna why? I sighed what? because Griffin was like vibrating in the I was seat. so kidding. So you're not it helping. Wasn't, it wasn't at the thing. It She's was like, what like the Griffin's fuck is going on here? It is in its in and of itself an incredibly tense scene in yeah, a weird so way. Right. Well, like, that's what I, I love about know, those movies. I didn't know like when I knew oh. shine boxes happened, but right, like right, right. the music cue is right. what sets Griffin off. Yes. And then so he like sits up in his right. seat and right, he's like the boy I love from ear to ear and then like looking at me in the Looking at the screen, I was like, okay, yeah, What's here Niro, we go. He's like, you kind of offended him. You know, De Niro's sort of little like, bit, little, little bit, bit, little, little bit. bit. The best De Niro line rating of all time so is good. little bit. Little, little bit. That's Alec Baldwin's entire okay, De Niro okay. impression is just little bit. <laughs> You've seen him do it's that, right? It's yeah. so good. Little bit. A little bit. And then The Irishman, which will be out by the time this is out, like, is so many, is like that scene so many times where it's oh. like, guys just kind of like getting on each other's nerves yeah. by the way they're talking to each oh, other. All oh, that shit. I can't. Getting on each other's nerves yeah. a little bit. You also, you didn't know how that scene was going to end. Sure, it's sort of a shocking You ending. just know they're going to yell at each other about yeah, shine boxes. no, I... Yeah, I, what did I know about Goodfellas going into it? Well, some really? Good no, yeah, some Goodfellas. Great fellas, if you ask me. Yeah. I know Marty, but like I, I really, I knew it. about like the like the needle drops and that they were good. But yeah. then like Sunshine of Your Love kicked in. And I was They're like, insane. oh, this movie is fucking great. Like, uh, Atlantis. This is breaking. I just want to let you guys know if you haven't Hell heard Goodfellas. Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Uh, Goodfellas, more like good movie. Uh, That's what they say at the end. At me half committing to a gene <laughs> challenge. <laughs> <laughs> half committing. One fourth. <laughs> You're right. um, uh, did, had anyone spoiled the greatest shot in the history of cinema for you? Like, I, I feel like I, I like Goodfellas a lot. I'm not one of the, oh, it belongs on Mount Rushmore people. But You're there not are elements horrible in it. Horrible opinions out of you today. Moonstruck's bad. No, Goodfellas I, goes I, on Mount Rushmore. I'm a big fan of Goodfellas. Bad. He just doesn't emotionally connect to it. I don't emotionally connect. He said it was bad and he spat on the ground. He said, <laughs> 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 uh, No, Goodfellas I think is a great movie. It's just not in my like top ten. Wait, right? what's the best shot? The best shot in the history of cinema is Paul Sorvino slicing the garlic in prison so with a straight razor. So uh, good. There is nothing more erotic in the world oh, to me than is, that shot. It is erotic. Just slicing the garlic <sighs> real thin. That's my favorite Scorsese. That is one of, like, I love that movie. It's like maybe one of our more, more, you know, basic opinions or whatever, but that movie's perfect. You know my that's favorite Scorsese. Uh, after Hours. Well, that's Tales. the most top five for me. The most Griffin-y opinion. It, uh, yeah, but the movie I'm named after. Yeah, but that movie's perfect. <laughs> it is. It's perfect. Yeah. That so movie it's, is So it's perfect. not Shark Tale. And it's you would love Shark After Tale. Hours. Okay. As someone who goes out in New York City and Ugh. ends up at a house party where you're the only person dressed as a Metro <laughs> card, you'd love After Hours. You really would. My brother worked on The Irishman. Did he? So I've been like hearing about it for a hot minute. Yeah, her brother, know. Robert De Niro. My brother, Robert De Niro. We're all related. <laughs> all us Italians. Oh, boy. Uh, what did your brother do on The Irishman? My brother's a grip. And nice. so, yeah, funny, funny New York, I don't know. What was he holding on people. to? Is he mostly Boston based? <laughs> or is he working over no, there? No, he works yeah. in okay. New York. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what, yeah, what does he do on stage? Shout out like, to Anthony. He will listen to this episode. Hold on to stuff? Yeah, yeah. Grip nice. stuff. No, yeah. um, Real tight like. I, I never really fully understood. He just does a bunch of stuff. But he Grips do a he bunch said of Mar- stuff. Martin Scorsese yeah. was very nice. Like one time like oh. just like walked up to him and was like, oh, we haven't met yet. Let me introduce you myself. I'm Marty. And my brother was like, yeah, I fucking know you're Martin Scorsese. And the he said other, that to his face and he shoved him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> he he, him he kicked him down a set of stairs and he said, fuck Marvel. And then he stabbed yeah. my brother. I guy. like you as much as Griffin likes Moonstruck. <laughs> 
Um, Fuck <laughs> it's, a, it's just so funny that all of this is from Marty going like, what eh, is this? I really like Marvel movies. I, I think they're not so good. And oh. everyone's like, well, They're not Jesus. my cup of tea. Yeah. Also, he was asked. I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like yeah. he was well, like. Well, now we ask everybody. He held you a press conference. Yeah. yeah. It would be funny if he did hold a press yeah. conference. Um, yeah. Uh, fuck Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I, they're not good films. So my brother would just send pictures. They, uh, like, the, the pictures lack integrity. It's not cinema. <laughs> uh, your, your Marty's great. It, uh, by January, this discourse will still be going. Yeah, of oh, course. it'll probably be going it will more. Never die. Like, yeah, it's never going to die. Yeah. Um, October. People are going to start asking Marvel directors what they think of Marvel, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, not very good." <laughs> it's, it'll be we'll be at that stage, and then they'll respond to themselves criticizing like, their own I movies. Think, uh, yeah, what? Who is this guy? He directed a Marvel movie. He thinks he knows so much. <laughs> it's just just Taika Waititi fighting with himself. <laughs> Oh boy! It also is like the 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 pushback to it. Oh boy! I'm I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. This isn't a controversial statement at all. Mm-hmm. People getting upset and being like, "Well, fuck you, Scorsese! You aren't that hot anyway." Sure. Couple I saw Twix eat two farts. <laughs> like whatever. Like all of that discourse is just like perpetuating the problem, which is treating it as. Marvel movies versus everything else. <laughs> right. Like this binary, like one versus one battle. Right. Where it's like every other type of film is in league, is in like like hand-to-hand combat with Marvel, which is the exact thing Scorsese's saying is like, it's a little unnerving how they've become all of film culture. And then film culture is like, fuck you, your movies aren't, aren't shit. Right. You got zero Thor movies. I, yeah, Thor's not in one of these movies. <laughs> Wait, How if, do they connect to the universe at all? <laughs> if Martin Scorsese got to direct any Marvel superhero, who should it be? Hmm. Night. Well, I feel like Moonlight. Moon Knight's like the go-to answer for so anything right now. God. <laughs> Punisher. I will say... Deadpool would want Scorsese to direct him, and he would tell us. Right, he'd say, like, can you believe this guy has an Oscar? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like there has to be, like, a weirder, deeper cut thing that Scorsese could do well. Excalibur. Yes, that's it. I know it's not. It'd be uh, terrible. Alpha Flight. <laughs> yeah, Alpha Flight. I've always wanted to see. Is there, like, an Italian Marvel character, too? I'm also trying to think of this. That's what I'm trying to think. Captain Pasta. He should do. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> Captain Pasta. Of course. We all, know, we all know him. He should do the Hammerhead movie. They should do a Joker-style solo film about the Spider-Man villain Hammerhead, who is just a regular mob boss with a flat head that he can ram into things. I just looked up Italian superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, yeah. Punisher, Argent. Sure. Uh, Scorpion, oh, Blue yeah. Shield. Frank Castle is Italian. Yeah. Castiglione or whatever. Right. Does Strega Nona count as an Italian superhero? Yeah, sure. She has powers. Yeah, yeah. let's get her in there. Yeah, yeah. She can control a pot of pasta. And yes. It overflows into a city. Yeah, that, uh, that would be bad. Scorsese well, only should... because Anthony doesn't do the <laughs> Scorsese should direct a man thing movie. That's what he should. You know what he should direct? Great Italian character. What? Super Mario. <laughs> oh. 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 Wow, how did we David not David is holding his hands out <laughs> like he just won the conversation. Because the first, the, the Super He's Mario the Brothers the movie. Italian superhero. He is. Yeah, he is. I mean, yeah. Uh, He's the, all you we know, got. The one with Hoskins. <laughs> yeah. The first 20 minutes to that are very moonstrucky. They're like yeah. in Brooklyn Heights and they're plumbers and they're like moving. Yeah, yeah, before they go to the fucking dinosaur. Did you just land. say the Super Mario movie is like a <laughs> movie? Have, <you> <laughs> Have you seen it? Of course I've seen yeah, that movie. The, the Brooklyn Heights stuff. It's great. And also, you mean when they're doing like a dinosaur like, excavation in the middle of yeah. Brooklyn? Classic <laughs> Italian activity. Hey, in the neighborhood. Yeah, digging up dinosaur bones. Yeah. 
Uh, it, it, God, that movie is so Italian. I mean, they cast the two most <laughs> Italian-American <laughs> actors ever, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Oh, God. Hoskins. He's good, though. He's even very though, good. Even though he's he good. was like, I was drunk, stone drunk the whole time. <laughs> it was the only way I could survive. Uh, it would be great for, like, Scorsese to just be like, here's my fucking response. You guys want me to do a goddamn superhero movie. I'm doing Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, right. And I'm taking it dead serious. For illumination. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. This uh, episode's a mess. So speaking of sacred cows, do you want to talk about Shrek for five minutes? <laughs> I wanted to talk about it for 30 minutes, yeah, but 30 David minutes. said that is not allowed because obviously we do not stretch shit out on this podcast. <laughs> let's, let's just say we, made, we spoke disparagingly about Trek on the Spirited Away episode, and it was our equivalent of Scorsese slamming Marvel movies. <laughs> People went ballistic. And I will say by the time this episode comes out, it will have come out, but I have record uh, a, an episode of Podcast The Ride. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, Shrek, Shrek, uh, Shrek 4D, 4D sure. which I think is in which you pooped all over it. I assume. Well, that Shrek 4D is bad. It's Shrek a bad 4D attraction. Is sort of the bottom of the barrel. It's a bad a, movie. Right. It is inarguably the low point of the Shrek franchise in my eyes. But I tried to be a lot more even-handed because I recorded that episode after we had. After Reddit exploded. Yeah, yeah. after we were like, well, Shrek's bad, right? Right. And, and we, and yes, there was a was reaction like, from people. I think sometimes maybe also we think generationally, right? People maybe a little younger than us where Shrek was a little more in their uh, but I explained uh, adolescence. On right. Podcast yeah. The Ride, a crazy stat that I don't know if I've ever said on this show. I saw Shrek three times opening weekend. I saw it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was all in on Shrek. Ben is making a perplexed face. Oh, well, you were, um, I'm going to guess, uh, 11 or 12? 12 or 13. Yeah, you're no. 12, yeah. 12. I would have been 12. 12. I was like 9, 10. I was 12. Right. I was, I was um, 15 yeah. and uh, so that, went on a date and, like, you know, <laughs> to see Shrek. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it, it, but to me, that just tells a story. Like, and just nine. Totally. Right. Okay? No, yeah. And Shrek, was Shrek it's just like, target. It's just lob. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, Crack the bat. Yeah. Griffin is a fucking little freak, but he loves, you know, he's, you know, I, I'm, I'm in, but like, yeah, you like you're animated sixth grade. films. Yeah. You're sixth grade. You can go see a movie by, you know, you can probably go see a movie by yourself. <laughs> we, it is pre 9 11. That's true. We have to acknowledge that. Yeah, I Shrek probably P, just I started it. seeing movies by myself. I don't I'm just saying, you're, like, if you're, you're thinking a, about it more critically, though. But I'm saying if you've seen it three times, yeah. that feels like you have the agency to go see it. Because, like, what parent is going to be like, yeah, sure, every night uh, this weekend, let's do it. Can right? I speed round it for you? Friday, Romilly is, what, three or sure, four? Sure, we cool. take her after school to go see Shrek. Saturday, there was a kid in my grade named Max Shrek. His birthday party was let's all go see Shrek. Oh, that poor was child. Max Shrek, like from Nosferatu? <laughs> and from Batman Returns. Wait, yeah, Batman Returns, his name is Max, right? Yeah, yes. no, but that's wow. it's in homage to the Correct. character Nosferatu. Correct. His name was Max Shrek. Okay. okay and he cool. went all in wow. on the Shrek franchise. Crazy. So we went to I see I feel like you kind of have yeah, to. Yeah, you gotta be like, all right, this better it. be good. All credit to be him. Miserable. He owned it. <laughs> he like took what could have become like a schoolyard taunt. Mm-hmm. And was like, I'm buying the merch. Right. I'm painting I'm myself green. Yeah. Right. I'm Shrek, baby. Uh, and then that Sunday, I was so hot on it, having seen it twice in two days. I said to my dad, Dad, we got to go see this Shrek thing. Right. This, thing's a, this thing's phenomenal. Yeah. You're going to love it. Yeah. And my dad went Masterpiece. Yeah, right. I saw it on a bus. Cool. Where was it going? No, it was parked. <laughs> ben was alone. We're screaming at a parked bus. Yeah. That was Ben's hometown. <laughs> I had no wheels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
was like the bus and stranger I mean, like things. A, there's just a guy like running a on a treadmill that's like hooked up to the power lines just to get the movie going. And if he gets tired, the movie kind of like goes like. Yeah, the VHS just stops running. <laughs> it's just a toxic Avenger running on a treadmill. Oh boy, he's on a bus. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, it was a good bus movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah great bus sure. movie. Yeah. That's the, is that the lowest category of movie? <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's not even a good plane movie, but like, you know what? Good bus uh, movie. Right. I just wanted to make it clear. I'm, I'm gonna let Ange do her stump speech for sure. Right. I just want to make it clear. I have recorded a full two and a half hour podcast in which I am far more sympathetic to Shrek and tried to be far more even handed about it and explain my criticisms of it, but also explain that I. Used to love you it, it and that I recognize that I like a lot of dumb shit that that right. most people have grown out of. It is hilarious right. that we're talking like you know some political scandal. We have to like equivocate <laughs> our Shrek Well, because I yeah. didn't. I was like, oh, I, I I guess I kind of disagree, and then like everyone blew up, and then I like saw some responses, and I was like, oh, actually, no, I I, I think. Shrek good. They galvanized and then I you. tweeted just like, oh, I'll defend it next time. And it got like a hundred. Everyone was like, fight for us, Angela. <sighs> so here it is, Blankies. Is I'm going to unroll a scroll as, go as ahead, my, my pros and cons list. Um, I did not prepare notes. I mean, it would have been very Shrekky of you, though. To have well, a to scroll have, with like old scroll. timey yeah. writing on well, it. Well, speaking of scroll, you flush the outhouse, so you guys point out. So, you, all right, here's the thing. You guys point out the outhouse is like immediately like <laughs> farts and poop, like right, dumb he also gross flushes stuff. it. I, I can't wait to hear this argue. counter argument. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> She's putting all her chips on the outhouse. <laughs> chips are in the middle <laughs> of the table. Well, my argument. Okay, but the whole point of the movie is that Shrek, the character, yes, is so. Uh, like just pushed to the edges of society mm-hmm. because of these shitty fairy tales. So when he sure. is reading this book of fairy tales, right. he's like, "What a crock of shit!" Like right. this is I'm and, an ogre. So this I've been, is right. It's not this is just propaganda for the the fancy it's nice looking propaganda. people. Right. <laughs> no, I, I'm kind of into this too. Yeah, actually. no, but no, but he's. He, it, it's not just like, oh, we're going to make like a toilet sound. Like you instantly understand the character of Shrek is this is a monster right. who's like, I am treated like absolute dog shit uh-huh, because right. of books like these. And this is what I think of them. I'm going to wipe my ass with it. And then here we go. My whole character is just like, I'm fine on my own and fuck all these fairy tales. Right, right. And then he gets pulled in and he has to face sure. them head on. Uh-huh. And right. then he goes through this really progressive story where, you know, he learns to connect with other people, even though they see him as a monster. But they like they cheer him on. When he's in the, like, do-lock when he's fighting, the woman yes. tells him to get the chair. Yeah. And then there's a fucking Joan Jett cue, which is, like, yeah, this, is, bad this is another point I like about the movie is, like, there's some really fucking great needle drops in Shrek. I was big into the Shrek soundtrack. Yeah. It we had, all were. It had eels on it. I, I'm pretty sure I watched this eels. on my birthday. Yeah. So the thing about Shrek is, like, it was, uh, like, a big sleepover my movie. My beloved monster and me. Yes, that one. Of course. Um, uh, I'm watching a clip. I forgot about this uh, wrestling scene. Yeah. It's like a wrestling okay. ring. Yeah. yeah. Which, with bad reputation. Look, Shrek 1 is... Very funny. The Duloc song with the, with the little doll sing. That's funny. I remember that. Yeah. I think. Shrek they, say, they sing this little song, and then they go like, keep off the grass, shine your shoes, wipe your... 
Face. Oh, face. It's right. face. Yeah. Oh, and then when you're like right, nine, right. you're like, they were going to say totally. ass. And it's fucking comedy gold. Other point <laughs> I would like to make. Okay, so this is so that's you're like saying the main you thing. exited the theater with a bag of comedy gold. I, well, I don't remember. Yes. I, I don't know, think I saw it in theaters, but I probably okay, watched it like a thousand times. I remember uh, like dancing on a couch with my friends to like All Star, whatever. The right. problem with Shrek is. <laughs> I mean, this sounds very sweet. Yeah, it sounds lovely. <laughs> but I think the issue is Portrait like Shrek. Childhood. Shrek, you guys have been like, I think when you compare it to Spirited Away, which is a. <laughs> Beautiful masterpiece. Uh-huh. There's that, and then there's the element of all star. It's just a fucking meme well, now, and people forget that there's actually a good plot. But as as the woman in the room, uh-huh. God, wow. I wouldn't. Yeah, here wow, it comes. She's playing a woman card comes for Fiona. The woman card. Wow. She had to sort of go like, yeah, <laughs> flip it over. Um. I mean, the first notice is just like you find out that the dragon is a woman. Yes, and she's course, attracted sure, to right. a donkey, which is fun. But and she's like a powerful female character. They have dr- drunky babies. They have drunky babies, mm, which like you that. don't even think about when you're a kid. You're just like, yeah, fucking, it's fun. It's donkeys yeah. with wings. And then, but I would like, to, but the whole point of Fiona is every princess movie I had seen oh. up until <laughs> this point, it's Showing all him a perfectly <laughs> flawless. Yes. Disney princesses yes. with flowing hair, uh-huh. of, course, of course, and like maybe the beauties and like I mean, Little Very Mermaid worth making fun of this, yes. But like, yes. yeah, Little Mermaid, like she's like, "Daddy, I love him," and you're like, "You're 16, and you two have not spoken at mm-hmm. all, and you have Fiona." Yeah, but she did see him playing the guitar on that boat, so or I think it was the a lute or whatever. It was it is. a fucking lute. <laughs> whatever he's doing. Um, but like, but but Fiona is probably like the first. Female character I remember wow. where her looks are not important, and at the end of the movie, she's, she's like, "Oh God, I'm ugly again." And he's like, "You're beautiful to me. It doesn't matter. It's like completely irrelevant what she looks like." Uh, ben has tears in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's my counterpoint. I remember in Shrek Two, there's a scene <laughs> where they they have the gingerbread man, and he's like wearing a thong, and they mock him for wearing the thong. They're like, "He's got a thong." And, he and says, I remember no, in the I theater, don't. right. And then they do, and That's they like Shrek snap two. it. That's Shrek, Shrek two. two. It's a I different know, conversation, I'm up Shrek David. Two. Yeah. And I remember in the theater, me being like, I, 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 I can't be here. That's like, a counter argument. You just don't like the thong joke. It doesn't take away the feminism <laughs> and the beautiful love story of really, really, really. That's I think what it they is, say to each other. There's a fucking really, Otis really. Redding in there. Um, no, I just I think well, I do think part of the the people turning up like if Shrek was just Shrek, I think people would more mm-hmm. just you know if that movie just existed, yeah, people would be like ah Shrek. This is another the sequels, thing. obviously. People got a like little sick of the right the, the and, Shrek and, yeah. industrial Shrek complex. One and Shrek yes. two is fine. There's the Katzenberg thing of just like milking every franchise mm. down to the bone, mm. where it's like every like the fucking 4D attraction, five holiday specials, and four sequels and a spinoff, right. like just so much shit that devalues all of it. But other boots. thing is, yes, I want to make clear. Just this is the one big retroactive correction I want to make clear. <laughs> when I was like, no one like Shrek, I wasn't saying it is impossible that one could like Shrek. The thing for me was, I felt like, because of how prevalent Shrek memes have become on the internet, right. I took that incorrectly as a sign that the kids who grew up with Shrek don't like Don't, Shrek. like, make fun of it now. Right. Sure, like, sure. I was like, this a... is the same phenomenon right. as B-movie, where people are like, how fucking right. weird is it that we liked this when we were kids? Right. No, but right. I think when you, like, really dig into Shrek, I mean, it's like a nice... So if you just focus on the story, if you like and ignore just on all the, the first one, if you look just at the first one, there are 
And Donkey's like, I'm blood. And They're then winning points. he realizes he can't see color anyway. That's funny. When you said uh, milk it to the bone, you gave me an idea. Oh, of course I did. What about bone remakes where it'd be Shrek but bones now? Everyone's like skeletons and there's it's just a, a bone fix. world. Is this tracking for anybody? Bone yes. world, I kind of like. I kind of like. You can kind of sell any studio on any kind of world, too. Yes, so right. like, you know, like it's in the bone world and they're like, Bone world? Bone universe. <laughs> we can cross shit over? Wait a second. Maybe this is my thing. Bone universe. The universal well, logo spins and turns <laughs> into a rib cage. <laughs> yeah. Let's work backwards in yeah. this way. But right? also the universal music is like someone banging on like a skeleton, like skeleton sign of bone, you know? We have to stop talking about Shrek. We have to talk about Mary I thought Ben's idea was going to be bone milk. Gross. Interesting, though. Uh, married to the Mob. Married mm. to the Mob. Uh, the, the last movie you would expect is the film someone makes before Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> right? I mean, like... Silence of the Lambs, obviously, is coming up. Masterpiece. Uh-huh. Uh, this film, also, I think, really a fantastic, fantastic Great film. Yeah. Opening credits are like... You know, married really? to the mob, and then there's like bullets that yes. like riddle the mob part, and it all yeah. falls down. Don't forget, hey mambo, Italiano, yeah. Yeah. Right. like fucking <laughs> full blast. Where right, like you could show them that sliver, and and people would be like, oh, this is is this offensive? I just remember my parents. <laughs> Not only is this bad, but. I remember my parents telling me it was a great movie sure. when we like saw it on shelves at the video store, and I was like, "That looks so fucking goofy." The cover, like, yeah, the yes. cover's so goofy. The, cover's the title, where she's sort of going like she's got her. Yeah. yeah. Well, then the right though, no, that's the poster. The poster's better. But then there's that cover that looks where looks like it's, a very old school kind right, of the like cover is like cap. her big face. Well, that's the right, shitty then, DVD cover, right, the Photoshop, the sort of Scooby Doo. But I'm saying like, the VHS yeah. cover, I think was was like that, Probably that, that right? poster, and it just looks so broad. And I was like, you take that seriously as a movie? And they were like, yeah, it's great, and it is sort of the fascinating like. Uh, juxtaposition of this movie in that it is so goofy and so ridiculous and so legitimately like artful yeah. and right. insightful and intelligent in so many ways. Yeah. I guess you've got a lot of sort of mobby comic because Prizzy's Honor is a couple years before. Mm-hmm. Like there, I guess that was sort of a mini trend in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Like the kind of like broader mafia comedy. Yes. This is the era of John Gotti and like right. the mob being in the tabloids and being these kind of like cartoonish tabloid figures. Right. right. But but this movie is so sort of uh, unpretentious. So, I mean, this, yes. In I a agree. way that like a song like Prezi's Honor is like, but there's like death. Yeah, because that's like a John you know? Houston movie. Right. right. Like, that's a little more right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something kind of incredible. I mean, this movie mostly comes out of Demi being like, I need a hit. I guess so. I let's see. So he had made well, he made something wild a couple of years yeah. earlier, right? And then he makes some swimming to Cambodia. Yeah. And I guess something wild was not a big hit. Right? Yeah. And I think he felt the pressure of like I need to make like a commercial crossover. Right. 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 Like a big sort of star driven. Yeah. Like broadly appealing comedy. And and the film is kind of of a piece with something wild. I mean, these two films feel connected Very in much. sort of sensibility and energy. But it's almost like he's putting that energy onto like a much broader sort of cleaner hook. Yeah. Yeah. She's married to the mob. She's married to the mob. Is there a title? Uh, what if you were married to the mob? Interesting. What if there is a wife who is in the mob? <sighs> well, there you go. I mean, we're down there here. What we're if here. Glenn Close <laughs> <laughs> remade who Married to the Mob? Who is almost In the wife, too. <laughs> 
This time she's married to the cucumber. Yeah. Oh boy. Was someone else supposed to be playing the Michelle Pfeiffer role? Is that I, I was looking at the IMDB if David wants to pull it up. I thought they tried to get Tom Cruise for Matthew Modine, which is fucking funny. That would be Modine wild. is so perfect for this movie. Yeah, it's great. He is the he's like he, cornball. He, exactly. He's that guy, right? That yeah. kind of like middle America, like sort of Yes, sir, ma'am. Yeah, right. You know, like you know, like that kind of a guy. The filmmakers did, and there's something a little like off about him, Matthew right. Modine. Right. The filmmakers did six rewrites to convince Tom Cruise to play Mike. Cruise opted for Cocktail instead. Um, I mean, Cocktail was a colossal hit, so I guess yes. you know. Uh, I can't really picture him movie. in this. No, it's weird too. Matthew Modine's good, but Modine. Okay, Modine. Matthew Modine said he initially didn't think that there was anything funny about the script. He has also said that he was depressed. <laughs> he read it as a drama. That I knew. Well, he's coming right. off of Full Metal Jacket. Directly off of Which it. is yeah. a really, I'm sure, really brutal film experience. Yeah, and it was like a 17-year shoot. Right, as right. all Kubrick movies were. So he was right. probably, yeah, he was probably really in his Emotionally head. broken, and, and they were like, like uh-huh. 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 Hey, you know, you got like socks in your bed, and then yeah. you, you're, you're, you know, there's like suspenders. You and wake and, up like Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, right, yeah. you have a whole thing. Okay. It's fun. So we got, I, I want to talk about this. It is kind of fascinating how adjacent this feels to Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm. Interesting. Which is two years earlier, and then this is the same year as Beetlejuice. To think of these two Baldwin performances at the beginning of his career, and then this film has a lot of actors that Burton goes on to use, like Olan Jones and Michelle Pfeiffer, obviously. That's true. But there's something in sort of sensibility and the wildness of it and everything— this and something wild feel like they might have been part of the, you know, the stew of things that that sure. Burton. I mean, it's a, he's a contemporary. You know, these films are happening at the same time that Burton is making his films. But and then there's After Hours, yes. initially a Burton project, yes. also around now. The sort of madcap Manhattan comedies. These movies that feel very 1980s East Village. Yeah, like Married to the Mob looks like a Two Boots Pizzeria location. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, it Hell has yeah. those aesthetics. Also, love like she moved into a total shithole in the Lower East Side. Like, imagine that shithole well, today, right? But yeah, yeah. that's. What, I mean, I love old New York movies, and yeah. '80s movies now count as very old New York. Oh my yes. god, I just watched Chud recently. Sure, I fucking love it. Oh, those Chuds, it's you gotta so watch them. great. Yeah. They're still around. They are underground. Mm. Um, I right. The, I my I first saw this movie. I was at like a friend's house mm-hmm. with my mom. It was like we had like a family dinner, and then we would just put on the TV. And this came out of my mom was like, oh, this is a good movie. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And then Baldwin shows up right at the start. Yeah. Looking, <laughs> looking fine. This is kind of the movie that I think. This is his David's like, doing it like, sexiness. oh, yeah. sexy, chef kiss. But I feel like this was the movie motion. where everyone went, oh, this guy's a movie star. This guy could be an He's action here. Five whole minutes. Totally. True. But he is but you so see that sexy, sexy, sexy butt. He is so hot. His in butt's it. compelling mostly. I, right. I feel like this was the big supporting part that then like put him on the map. Because I mean, he's great in Beetlejuice, but Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice is a total outlier in his career. Right. It is. And this year he's also in Working Girl, like in talk radio. He's in a bunch of this yeah. is his year. Right. This, this is the year, year when he's showing up everywhere. What a couple crazy. people from Working And then two girl. years from now you've got yeah, well, John Cusack. John Cusack. and Melanie Griffith is in something wild. Um, Working Girl came out this year, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But a couple years, he's in Hunt for Red October. Like yeah. a couple years, Hollywood's like, yep. Yep. Yeah, the movie's you got to be a leading man. Yeah, handsome man. Yeah. More than just a cucumber. Uh, For sure. Well, 
But it is the fact that this movie opens with him and he's kind of the fake out lead of the movie. 100%, the first right. couple yeah. of scenes proceed as if he's the character you're going to be following. Well, that's what's fun, too, is that it's this nice twist on, like, every mobster movie you've ever seen. The wife right. is just so like, oh, what are you doing? And oh, then just, like, flushes away drugs. That's and right. 100%. Doesn't, only Demi totally would make a mob movie about women. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not only that, but you know what I mean? Like, right. it does feel that way. And this is a film written by the two guys who then went on to write She-Devil. Yes. Which is, like, a very, very broad kind of... Pretty wild to think that Meryl Streep made a comedy with Roseanne. Yeah. Like, that that came out. In which the two of them are fighting over Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> what? <laughs> the conflict of the movie is these two women cannot let go of Ed Bagley Jr., Meryl Streep, and Roseanne. That's bonkers. But you're like in another universe. <laughs> I just looked up Ed Bigley Jr. Did not know what he looked like. Wow. That poster. What a poster. Yeah. Good poster. Looks good. like she's going to eat Meryl Streep, though. Looks like she's, she's going to eat the like, dog. Ah! And we've talked about this, too, but the reviews of She-Devil are all like, well, we finally found the one thing that Meryl Streep can't do, comedy. Right. Right. They all were like book closed. Meryl it Streep isn't funny. The book on her, right? Yeah, it was like right. She can't be funny. She oh cannot God. be funny. Imagine. Yeah, um, but but yes, you imagine what their script looked like, and you imagine what Demi took from it and worked with it. Right, because these guys, um, let's say Barry Strugatz, mm-hmm. sounds like a secondary <laughs> character from Goodfellas, mm-hmm. and Mark R. Burns, like she devils their only other real big credit, and right. yeah, they never they never really. Uh, Right, but you're like, this is a broad 80s comedy. Orion, you know, mm-hmm. I this think... This is an Orion picture. Gave Demi some freedom. Yep. Um, you got Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. This The same year as Dangerous Liaisons came out this year as well. Crazy. So, like, she's also becoming a huge star. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. she had been in um, The Witches of Eastwick the year, the year before. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you know... And she's in Scarface. She's in Grease, too, right? Like, I mean, she yeah. was like a... An up and coming. She's the fucking best. She really is. I know. I know. Every we all time, love Michelle P. Right? We do. Yeah. Every time she comes up, I just feel like I'm at a loss for words, other than to say she's the best. She's the best. But I just feel like she's constantly underrated, even for how much people stand her. Right. Yeah. It just feels like she never kind of gets the credit she deserves. She's always very exciting when you see her on screen. Like I, I was looking at her IMDb and I totally forgot about Mother yeah. and like how. Gosh, fuck, so I think good. we all she's forgot the about MVP Mother. She's Mother, but for she's sure. so chilling. Like yes. every line she says, she's you're so like good. fucking terrified. She, she's she, great in Stardust. I like Jennifer Lawrence, but she like Mer- Michelle like kind of like the movie. boxes yeah. her out of that movie yeah. every yeah. time she's on screen. Yeah, yeah. and is she's one of those people who's just naturally. Very electric on camera, but she's also such an intelligent actor. Mm-hmm. She is so canny about how she, like, syncs herself with the tone of the movie around her and the material. Right. Um, and she is one of those weird examples of, like, and somehow it, she has made it work, but she's, like, a character actress in the body of a leading lady. Like, she approaches her roles like a character actress, mm. like a supporting actor. Yeah, sure. She happens right. to look like a movie star. Mm. And she takes lead roles and makes them a lot more sort of esoteric than most people would. It doesn't feel like she ever She's approaches got a, any role a with the protectiveness. I yes. feel like that's very like that's why Fabulous Baker Boy. She's so great in that. Batman Returns, obviously, mm-hmm. she's so wonderful in As that. As Eddie Redmayne would say, a, a certain fragility. <sighs> he might say two times in a regal first look. I also really like her in One Fine Day. I feel like you guys brought her up recently in that, that and just kind of like brush boss. it off. I yeah. love One Fine oh, Day. Oh, I did not brush off One Fine Day. How no. dare you? I would never brush <laughs> off One Fine Day. The great film. 
the great film. The great film. Michael Hoffman's great one find. That's the other thing is Michelle Pfeiffer's so funny. Like she's such yeah, she's a like, deft comedic actor. To me, it's just it's I am Sam. That's where you're like I guess she did have no no, yeah, that's the year after What Lies Beneath. Yeah. After I Am Sam, her career was like really in weird tatters. And she barely made movies, and when she right. did, it felt like an odd choice. Right, it's that, and then White Oleander, then but it's like a bunch of years it. off. Yeah. A bunch of years off, and then like, you know, like, you know, she's in Stardust. She's kind of funny. She's in I Hairspray. Think she's very good in yeah, Stardust. she's good in Stardust. I she's think good she's in, very Hairspray. in Hairspray. But those are like, you know, it's kind of like, do one thing. Right. You know. Right. Cherie doesn't exist. No. Then it's like New Year's Eve. I mean, Dark Shadows, she's really kind of Do you know who she hooks one. up with in New Year's Eve? Oh, uh, I don't fucking Snack know. Snack Taylor Lautner. What? You were so close. Um, she plays the mousy like lady at the office that no one's ever noticed. She I, plays essentially Cillian Kyle 20 years later. She hadn't become Catwoman. Oh, God, that's depressing. I yeah. feel like she's a little bit back now and maybe making a little more stuff. She's in Mistress of Evil. She is. She, I mean, spoiler alert, she kind of is the Mistress of Evil. Cool. You know, Maleficent's not so bad. Yeah. She's all right. Yeah. Much like Shrek. Uh, uh, poorly, so you know, she's being judged by her looks. The opening yeah, of just Maleficent she's got horns and she's got those like uh, lemon when juice. When you think about cheeks, it, Maleficent, right. Maleficent is Shrek. Can I spoil yes. the opening scene of Maleficent, uh, Mistress of Evil? Mm. You saw sure. it? Uh, yes. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer reads the book, uh, reads the script for the first Maleficent, right. and then goes, "What a load of!" Flushes an outhouse and kicks the door open. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> Did you actually see it? No, I might go see it after that. I'm I thinking, thought you were serious for like juggling a hot second. And Glory and Mistress I'm of Evil. I decide which one. It's a coin toss for me. Um, so, in Married to the Mock, yeah. Michelle plays Angela DeMarco. Yeah. She's married to Frank DeMarco, better known as the Cucumber, possibly because he's cool, possibly because he has a giant rod, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, who is sort of like a lieutenant. In the mob, he shoots a guy he's, he's on the a train. Hit man. Yeah. Well, 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 we're not gonna brush over it. What a fucking sequence! Great sequence. Yep. First yeah. he goes. <laughs> <laughs> First he got that right, and which then plays got- every time I walk into a room. <laughs> you guys heard it. Yeah, well, yeah of, of course. course. <laughs> ben had to edit it out. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then, yeah, he's it's on like the Long Island Railroad or whatever. It's like on a commuter but you, but train. But open yeah. with him and what's his name? The actor who Demi always uses, who's uh, so good. Wait, which one do you mean? Because it's not, other, not Tommy. the right hand man yeah. with, Tommy. with the the weird sort of lazy yeah, pa- Paul eye. Lazar. Yeah, yeah, right with the, the lazy eye. Eye. I mean, Who's yes. in um, um Sons of Lambs? Lambs yes. and very yeah, right, right. Uh, I was also thinking because Charles Napier is another one, but he's the he's the hairdresser. The hairdresser. He's, so, he's so, good. so good for five um, seconds, but, but so good. Uh, but but them on the uh, track of the Long Island Railroad, yeah, um, the side of the track, uh, uh, talking about meals, right? Yeah. This like it's it's I always love it when a movie talks about a character before you meet them, mm-hmm. like preloads on some not like an expectation, but like this is how the right. rest of the world views them. And this, like, you immediately know something about Angela, even though you haven't solved it from the fact that she said they weren't available for dinner. Right. And Baldwin's angry at that. And the guy's already like, yeah, that's it was a good dinner. You that, missed right, the dinner. Right. That everyone's like, what's her weird, like, sort of, like. I go to the dinners. Skittishness around. Chemist dinner. Um, but then this Don't fucking. Gods. This train murder sequence. It's good. Is like also there's like a snoring sound effect after they pull his head back. It's so who's good. snoring there? 
I don't know. It's like the final air leaving his body. Yeah. I like the blood dripping out of his eye, personally. And the flickering red as they're, like, going through the tunnel. Yeah. 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 It's so stylish. And it's, like, that feels like this little step of, like, Sansa Lambs coming through. Mm. Like, that sort of, like, thriller muscle he's got in. Mm. And then a new wave song starts playing and they, like, (laughs) dance off the song. (laughs) And then we cut to the hair salon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Angela got a haircut, and she but she's she she's feels ennui. She feels yeah. malaise. Yes, she's spiritually bereft, and all the other wives she's part of a mur- system of murder and <laughs> graft. And the other wives <laughs> judge her because they can tell that she doesn't she feel comfortable. Right. They're better than them. What you think you're better than me? Yeah, that's basically right. She thinks her shit don't stink. Exactly. But you got Cusack, you got Olan Jones, you got the other actors I'm forgetting, and then you got fucking Mercedes Roll. Right, and then Mercedes. No, Nancy Roll. Travis is the one who gets murdered. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Now, can we talk about the costumes? Yes. Oh, right. man. Colleen Atwood. Colleen yeah. Atwood. Young Colleen. The, the looks that wool. are on screen yes. are so amazing yeah. and just comforting to me as, yeah. like, someone who grew up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I remember these looks, and I remember hairspray-driven hairstyles. It's just so Very cool. big hair. Like, Very, I hair. don't think that this will come back around in the sense of, like, you know, fashion sort of, like, is repeated, but maybe it will. But, man, was that a cool time. <laughs> there, there's a credit at the end that is hair designed by, which is <laughs> yes. so specific. Just it's not drawing, like, a little cloud by. around Michelle right. Pfeiffer's They've head. all got their own looks, too. But, but Ben, you don't need to tell Connie's me hairspray. about the nostalgia you feel watching this movie. This is a film that takes place late 80s. East Village, and you're talking to downtown Griffey Nooms himself. Oh, baby. I'm in the pocket watching this movie. Right, yeah. What's it? Would they live? Move Clinton and Rivington. That's yeah. where it is. Yeah. Right. That's her, where her tenement God, is. God, that is such an awful part of God, the, the city. Oh, the absolute worst. Currently, right now, it's so, right. <laughs> it's Do you want like, to uh, hate rich people? Go yeah. there. It's just a bunch of rich, awful people. Right. Yeah. But, but yes, this and uh, Something oh, Wild some people are, nice. are both sure. so clearly in that post-swing shift, post-stop making sense. That's it. I'm going to have fun every movie I work on. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and, oh, swing and shift only with the uh, people he likes. Right. He wants to work with. But also, yes. this movie feels like fun. Like, you're watching, yeah. like, a visualization of fun. <laughs> but <laughs> even when, like, heavy shit's happening, yeah. like, the costumes being that bright and, right. the, and the soundtrack choices. Well, the motel is, like, the yeah. most fun. And all their performances are so played. You're like, right, why isn't the motel medieval-themed? Like, everything in this movie <laughs> is kind of why not. Why like, isn't there a piano player that starts playing Tony the Tiger wh- as soon as he right. walks in? Why doesn't Modine have, like, weird devices he uses well, to put on all of his clothing items? That, that but then also, right, just the, I mean, the fun it has. Well, we're going to keep talking. We're gonna yeah, keep yeah, talking. yeah, yeah, yeah. But right, this movie is just like infectiously fun, exactly. but it doesn't it feel showy in a weird way because no. it is so unpretentious. To Modine's character, is that like the first or like early, is that early eccentric detective kind of type character? <sighs> in a modern way. I mean, I feel like eccentric detectives at this point are like, you know, a, a lot more haunted. Okay. Or rumpled. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. You got your Columbos, your alcoholics, or your, oh, like, yeah. they got a weird They tick. don't join, like, acapella groups when they're trying That's, to spy <laughs> on women. The doo thing. Right. I just fucking love that. Yeah. Just the, the joke of Modine yeah. just Failing singing sincerely in. along with them yeah. is so good. It's so funny. 
That's my favorite of the million Modine disguises. Right, I mean, right. that montage at the end where he sees him walk through the door over and over again in different is fabulous. But oh, it's uh, so good. Yes, but yeah, but yes. I mean, it's like the sort of like the Scooby Doo esque disguise of like Scooby Doo can put on a mustache and a chef's hat, and the monster will be convinced that he's, <laughs> you know, like an Italian pizza maker. Right. The way everyone takes it at face value. The like reveal. All the cops are absurd in this absurd. movie. They growl at Tony. They're like, oh, wait till Tony shows up, and then they growl. And then there's no explanation that for feels why like, they do right, that. Demi being like, try this. Yes. And then it's funny. And he's like, we're just going to do it. We're just going to put that in the movie. And you got a bunch Platt of. Pat and Modine, right? You have a bunch rah. of actors who are like at the early stages of their career. 100%. Having done enough that they're starting to feel comfortable. Right. But not big enough that they have anything to lose. Like letting go. And he's just encouraging all of them right, to have right. fun in everything. Really playing in this. But then, yeah. And then you have. Michelle, yeah, who is so like such a beating heart, right? Yes. Like she's yeah. so raw and she's so lovable. Yeah, you're on her fucking side. Ah, well, so Baldwin comes home. Yeah, and she's sort of in the midst of she's what has clearly her, been a years right. long sort of, sort of slow of, breakdown right, exactly. about like this whole fucking life is gross to me. And he's sort of everything fell off the truck. Right, the house. Yeah. He's got a gun oh, in a drawer. Such a the, like plastic on the furniture. Like marble columns oh, and God. just and then, and then so when good. the when Tony gives her the the, the table with the like <laughs> yeah. the crazy what like are brass, these swans yeah, or yeah, yeah. like glass it's so oh, cheesy it's real so classy Air, like a God, so that must have been such a fun yeah. movie Air to like uh, design, set design right? yeah, oh to my like God. go to those stores and buy that like what's the tackiest piece of furniture you have basically. it's nice to watch a mob movie where no one is genuinely stylish like right. other than Baldwin arguably I, I mean. Stockwell in the white suit with the hat. He's oh got a look. Yeah. He's got a it's look. A look. It's like the Miami look. He's uh, it's kind of around yeah. at the Stockwell's airport. popping a little bit. But he's got More some... like Dean Popwell. <laughs> oh boy. Pop very well. Stockwell's also a very interesting career because he was a child star. Yes. And like he was a little cutie patootie. There he is. There's a little Dean. He was like a big, big child star. Yeah. And his biggest sort of like credit in a way was the boy with the green hair. Right which was this very early counterculture film, like a 1950s, like, RKO, almost on its face, issues drama, but that is about a boy who wakes up one day and his hair is bright green and everyone in town starts treating him like a pariah and uh, he can't figure what out how a to reverse plot. it. There it's a is. very weird plot. And it's like... That's the whole premise? It's a fear of the other movie. Well, yeah. Uh, but... Of course, later he would become society's biggest... Prince of Crime. Well, of course. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that was, bit is retired. Oh, yeah, so and Jared Leto. Oh, so sorry. Uh, retired bit. Um, but but, uh, but it was a film that got sort of like reclaimed in punk culture, like uh, on TV and VHS in the seventies and eighties, as like this fun kind of proto punk thing because it is about like at a time yeah, where then dyed hair yeah, became no, no, cool. No, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. And then like he becomes, I don't know, like a real like junky supporting actor in a, for and, a long time. And fucking Quantum Leap. Well, then he gets Quantum Leap, but he yeah. has like a full like 15 years where he's like, he'll be in anything. Yes. And he's talked about it. I think he's, he's in like a Robert Forster kind of like 100%, zone. 100%, right. But then it's like David Lynch reclaims him. Yeah. I mean, he's incredible in Blue Velvet. Yes. That's an incredible performance. So he's the guy singing in Blue Velvet with the makeup. Oh, man. Uh, he's is also that 
the most it's amazing performance. And that's kind he's of the also first time Dune. someone like... Well, he's in Dune first. Okay. He's Dr. Yu in But Dune. Lynch was the first guy to really kind of like reclaim him in a postmodern way. Uh, you've, yeah. He's also in Paris, Texas, which he's very good in. Oh, uh, I forgot. Of course, he's so fucking so good. So good in that. that. Um, and then uh, I forget when Quantum Leap begins, uh, 89. So it's the year right after, after this. He gets the Oscar nomination for this. Yes. Yeah. Which is... So, I mean, this is the year that he's also in Tucker, uh, the man right. in the stream, playing Howard Hughes, yeah. which he got a bunch of critics awards yeah. for as well. So he was just, he had like a really hot year. Yeah. And so I guess the Oscar nomination is one of those like, what a year you've had. Mm-hmm. You're an actor we all know. Kind of. But like, what a great he's good in this story. movie. But it's kind of a surprising nomination. Kind of. Like, he's not that broad. Like, no. he's not that silly. He's good. But it's a pretty great performance. I agree. He's I just mean, fucking good. Yeah. Like, Mercedes Rule is more the sort of big, broad performance. Which she yeah. got a bunch of critics noms, and it's kind of surprising she didn't get the nomination for this. Yeah, I wonder what the uh, story is. And to some degree, it feels like her winning for the Fisher King is like, well, she's been good for, like, so long. She's good in everything. And right, and in retrospect, kind of a weird win. Right. Yeah. She's she She's good at that. She's very good at that. I mean, she's a very good actor. She's very good in Hustlers. She is. But it is weird that she wins for The Fisher King, a film which otherwise is not much of an Oscar player, and then it pretty much retires from acting. She does. The 88 supporting actress lineup is insanely stacked. So does Pfeiffer get in? Pfeiffer. For, right. For okay. Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah. Joan Cusack and Sigourney Weaver for Working right. Girl. Two great performances. Right. And everyone thought Weaver would win, yeah, but she didn't. Frances McDormand for Mississippi because this Burning. is the same Gorillas of the Mist year. And then no, I was nodding. Uh, and yeah. then Gina Davis, who wins for the Accidental Tourist, which was sort of a surprise, right? Everyone thought Weaver would win, but I think yeah. she split the vote. It is crazy that Sigourney Weaver has not been nominated in thirty years. Does she have an award? No, nope. doesn't wow. have an Oscar. And she's she one of the, like, the big, like, still hasn't won. Right, she gets th- nominated three times in the eighties, including twice in this one year. Right, and everyone's like, "Well, it's a matter. It's got to happen." And right. then it just and yeah. then she never gets nominated again. Yeah, she struggled to find. I feel like that sort of Oscar-y role, right? Like, you know what I mean? Galaxy like, Quest. That's huh? Galaxy Quest. She fucking rules in Galaxy Quest. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Jappy? Well, we disagree. I think she should have been on it for the Ice Storm. Sure, she's not my favorite from that one, but yeah. she's good. She's not my she's favorite good. either, but I think she should have been nominated. She's good. She's good in everything. She's good in everything. Dave, she rules in Dave. Oh, she rules in Dave. Love Dave. Love you Dave. seen Dave? I'm Kevin looking Klein. at Dave. Well, you are looking at Dave. You're right looking here. at Big Dave. Um, but uh, <laughs> Big Dave, which my history teacher used to call me. No, but, but um, uh, Have you seen Dave, Ben? No. You know, uh, Kevin Klein, the president, uh, he gets, he has a stroke or whatever. And so they get a guy who looks exactly like him to pretend to be him. But he's nice. Whereas the president was mean. Both played by Kevin Klein. Yeah. And they don't want him to say anything. They want to just use him as, right, like, as like, a like, a public prop. face while, like, Franklin Gala. And he starts uh, taking over the country. He realizes he's got the power of the platform, the microphone. Even if his cabinet doesn't listen to him because they know he's a phony, he can get out in front of the public and say right. shit. Move he can just tweet and people believe whatever. Let me say this to the James Newton Howard score for Dave Slap. Slap. Listen slap to it. All for the time. For a second, time. I thought you guys were talking about Meet Dave. But that no, is. but that soundtrack also slaps. <laughs> oh, does it? What's on Meet Dave? Uh, I, I, I'm, okay, can we play this game? I want to guess who did the score for Meet Dave. I got it down to two guesses. If you get this, I'll be astonished. Is it David Newman? No. Is it John Debney? Yes. I knew it was one of the two. You are a weird guy. <laughs> I'm disappointed I picked the wrong one first. It's, uh, what's, it would have been what, more the number, It's still 911. <laughs> 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 
Now, can you tell me, John? Home, David actually took out his phone and oh, looked at it. The cops fully are outside. They're banging on for, the door. For, for a bonus, yeah. you know, ten years in jail. Can you tell me <laughs> the um, the only Oscar nomination in John Debney's career? The only nomination in Debney's career. That's a great question. It is. It can is. you give me the year? Is that too much? Two thousand, I think four. Two thousand. The movie. The movie came out in two thousand and four. Wow. I forgot Debney got a nom. He did get a nom. So 2004, you have... Big hit movie. It's was a, it live action? Yes, very much so. And was it an Oscar play or otherwise? Three tech nods. Three tech Makeup, nods. music, cinematography. Well, it's not Series of Unfortunate Events. No. But Is that it does based get on a true right? story? Well, it's in dispute, but some would say. It is. It's based on a did true story. Did they say that? <laughs> Inspired by true events. <laughs> it's in dispute. No, I mean, like it's. I mean, there is the, This certainly happened in history. A okay. lot. A lot of the uh, sort of periphery around it is is in dispute. I robot. It's a matter of. Uh, it's a matter of debate, I guess. Oh boy. I robot is a wild guess. <laughs> it was the first movie that came up when I looked oh, up two thousand four movies. Two thousand four in film. Of course, we all know I robot. 2004. Passion of the now, Christ. We got options. She just said it. Oh, she just said it. Wow. She said it. Passion of the guessing. Christ. I'm sorry, Griffin. I, I want to let you have that. would never have remembered <laughs> that he did the score for that. Why would you? mostly a mid-level studio company. I think of him as a Disney guy, like that's, a real B-list that's Disney That's why guy. I knew he was probably the Meet Dave guy, because it's like, you, you got a limited budget and broad yucks and a comedy star who's like 10 years past being edgy, hire Debney. Uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, anyway, that was a fun digression. Wow, beautiful digression. Thank you, Griffin, uh, for asking. Sorry for the score. For I feel like too. Passion of the Christ has been like was on like a, a, well, God a knows, box office game. We'll we'll, we'll 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 criticize it and everyone will get mad at us again. Probably. Yeah, I'm joking. I don't know. Shrek's better than Passion of the Christ. Shrek's better than Jesus, as we all know. It's sort of like a galaxy brain. <laughs> Shrek 2001 is better than the Passion of Christ. Like, Shrek is better than Jesus. Uh, is that crazy stat that like now everyone's, I mean, we're recording this in October. Yes, that's true. Coming out in January. Yeah, yeah. But everyone's talking now about the fact that uh, uh, retired beat, bit just uh, beat uh, Deadpool for the highest who should uh, be retired R rated yes. highest R rated worldwide I believe right? because yes. domestic it is still it's Passion, Passion of the Christ and Jesus is unlikely Christo. to be toppled anytime soon yeah right I mean they really planted that cross firm <laughs> I know that was offensive I'm sorry to Jesus Jesus Christ uh, okay. okay married to the mob not sorry to Mel Gibson though take that and just uncomfortable <laughs> with her lifestyle in Oh, not, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. In the movie. I was like, me? Sure. You're comfortable with your I'm lifestyle. Don't you think so? What? You're comfortable with your lifestyle. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you're doing yeah. fine. Yeah, but yeah. this episode, mildly uncomfortable. <laughs> no, it's fine. More Jesus jokes. I can take it. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So Angie, yes. Angie Roman feels, she feels you know, she knows it's bad. Yes. She knows it's bad. There's the scene where the kid uh, casually gets the gun out of the drawer. Mm. That's not great. He's playing three card Monty yeah. with uh, like I assume that's children. Tony's kid, right? Yeah. The sort of boss kid, Tony sure. Junior. And there's that joke, Alec Baldwin, who barely has any line readings in this movie, just nails yeah. when he's like, "How much you make?" And he's like, 12 bucks." And he's like, 
Yeah, not bad. I think it's a pretty good school. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, um, he looks unbelievable. Baldwin, yeah, his Just, face because he needs that dirtbag thing. Now, yeah. that, that yeah. is what you, what you say about Beetlejuice is true. That's a total outlier. Or right. none of that's total present, outlier. and he's incredible. Yes, but like classic Baldwin, right? right. You need to be like, oh yeah, this guy's kind of a, a douchebag. Right. It is weird for how much he is so fundamentally Irish. How well he plays Italian. Oh yeah, yeah, and oh, how yeah. well he looks the part. Hundred percent. Yeah, but I mean that's another. Another thing that's sort of funny is like I can't imagine De- Dean Stockwell's Italian. No, no absolutely he's, not. He's like a Hollywood guy, right? Yeah, he's from yeah. Uh, I, Mercedes Rule uh, is very New York, yes, but she's like uh, German Jewish. and Irish. I yeah. think and she's got. Is she um, not Jewish? No, she's not Jewish. Wow, are there no Italians in this? Movie? This is what I'm saying, right? Isn't that nuts? And you compare I'm it to like offended? when well, we saw Goodfellas <laughs> recently. It's kind of crazy watching Goodfellas on a big screen, and in almost every single scene, there's someone in the background who at least had a five episode arc on Sopranos. Yes, right, right, like you're right. like all Mickey of the Sopranos Blue Eyes cast. is the one where right. actually it has the same cast as the Sopranos. Yes. they basically just made them in tandem. Right, and in this, it's like who do you get to play the old sort of uh, patriarch of the mafia? Oh, uh, Grandpa Munster. Yeah, right. Fred you know? Gwynn, right, yeah. Looking Not Fred Gwynn. Al- no, no, Al- right, yeah, sorry. Fred Gwynn is in, um, he's in another Demi My cousin Vinny. My cousin well, Vinny is the judge. Cousin, no, he's in another movie, though. Fuck. I have to look it up. But no I, Italians I in the movie. I do, right. The film has very few Italians. Michelle Pfeiffer's not Italian. No. No. Joan Cusack is not Italian. No. no. None of these sound like Italian a Chicago names. girl. Yeah. I think uh, she's Chicago Irish. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's a it's zero for zero. Right. Yeah, or zero for ten or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how much he is, like, simultaneously having everyone play, like, very broad stereotypes and also kind of avoiding them. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. you know what? No, it was Fatal Attraction. I just watched Fatal Attraction, which he's in, bizarrely. He's like Michael Douglas's boss. Okay. I was like, oh, I don't know about this. He didn't play the Rambo? <laughs> A little too tall. Fit in a bar. Shouldn't murder me. Um, so pretty quickly, mm-hmm. things go south. You've got the big sequence at the motel slash medieval times. The weirdest. Slash mistress fuck palace. Like, what is but that? But this is this movie's entire philosophy. It's like, why not? Why not make everything as interesting as it could possibly be? Can I point out, actually? Yeah. So, like, on the bed, I think you only see it in the end credit scene. Uh, it's like the play on like Vinny Vidi Vici. Uh-huh. Like I came, I saw, I conquered. Yeah. And then on the bed, it just says like Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. So it's just I came, I came, I came. Wow. That's, that's funny. It's that's funny. That's good fucking stuff. funny. That's, that's funny. some good decor A bit. sex humor. A little, A little bit. bit. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, and you got, you know, the introduction of the tiger and his white suit. To but which then, Gary Goatsman does an impromptu song, or maybe the song he demands is sung every time he walks in. No phony baloney. He's just he tips him now. I'll play Tony the Tiger. Right. Yeah, Tony tips him. Um, and then you got Nancy Travis, uh, who dies is, immediately, right, uh, gets fucked, uh, then gets fucked. Correct, right? Kind, kind of. I, I mean, I, you know, I I get it. Being an actor is weird and hard, but it is one of those weird things to, in perspective, go like this movie comes out a year after. Uh, Three Men and a Baby is the highest grossing film of its year. Right. And Nancy Travis is in this movie essentially to take her top off and get shot in the head. But like, they probably made it before (laughs) that movie came out. Like, Three Men and a Baby came out like seven months earlier or whatever. Oh, it was end of the year? Yeah, it was a Thanksgiving She filmed them back to back. Yeah. Um, And that was her first role. Yeah. That's her first screen That's crazy. Yeah. 
And she's such a big part in that. And that yeah. movie makes uh, all of the money. It did. Yeah. yeah. And it was directed by Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, you got, I mean, it's a brutal, it's brutal. Yeah. yeah yep. Stockwell's killing Baldwin in cold blood. Well, that's the. I loved you like a father. The demi-tonal you disappointed, balance thing. What it, you disappointed <laughs> you just, the shit out of me. Yeah. The demi-tonal balance thing is that he's able to have, like, real stakes in this movie. Like, violence that is upsetting without it being gory. Right. You know, where there's, there's no actual, no there's real, except for the little sort of like trickle though. or whatever. That's about right. it. Yeah. There's an emotional intensity to every shooting in this film. Yes. But so it doesn't also, feel flippant in a movie no. that is so flippant about other things. But it is also still like, can we, yeah, all of it is still somewhat comedic. Totally. Yeah. But that's like. Never like let's go of that sort of uh, rope. It's, it's the weird element of this movie kind of being perfect training for Sons of the Lambs because Sons of the Lambs, he just has learned all the muscles of how to like control that dial so Fair specifically, enough, even if it's in different directions, you know? They are right next to each other. It's so, so it's, you know. Weird. Yeah. Um, Matthew Modine thought there wasn't anything funny about the script. Right. He said that uh, there's. Oh, Oliver Platt's debut. This is the first platypus. He's really good. He is good. He is fun. The platypus? Yeah, the platypus himself. I like in the end when all the cops are in their bathing suits. Yeah. I like all that. Just, I, maybe I'm a sucker for that. I love that joke where it's like you've cut to a new scene and then there they are and they're in their bellhop uniform this time. I always think that's funny. And that everyone always buys it. They always like fully integrate themselves into the environment. Um, At one point he's like, uh, he's like working on the plane too. Yes, right, yes. He offers her the drink. Right, like it's almost like he can't help himself. He doesn't even need to sometimes, but right. he can't help himself. He just He's always got like the spare uniform. Uh, what are you looking up? The other actor I want to talk about in the supporting cast here, mm. because after I watched this movie and I couldn't fall asleep, uh, I was looking for a, another uh, comedy to watch uh, to uh, calm down my brain on Hulu. And Your brain I, was on Hulu? My brain was on Hulu, so I switched over to Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, no, I was on Hulu looking for another comedy uh, with a temperament okay. that might calm me down. Uh, and I watched Bull Durham, which I'd never seen before. You'd never seen Bull Durham? Kind of a crazy blind spot for I me. Guess, I guess the sports had maybe kept you out of that I one, I think right? so. Sure, but that's barely a sports movie. That's a fucking great sex movie. But it also is so much about baseball and is one <laughs> yes. of the few it movies baseball, that makes right? me appreciate baseball. Oh, that hell. movie has a romanticism for baseball that, I mean, like Moneyball, makes me go... Wait, do I love baseball? But that's the thing about baseball. It's so good for movies. It's because, so it, you know, um, League of Their Own. League of Their Own, yeah. yeah. Dead Masterpiece. Yeah. You got Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. You got um, the, natural, the Natural, which Eight I men out. love. Eight Men Out. Bull Durham. Space Jam. And Major <laughs> League. One and two. Major League it's makes crazy. Ben also, cry. Let's go movies... fucking win the thing. Right? That, 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 makes, that gets me going. Yeah. Most of these movies are in the 80s. Like the yeah. 80s were just incredible for baseball. Dramas, 100%. comedies, fantasies. I think it's just the period, the, modern. The generation lines up perfectly. Yeah. Like all those filmmakers had grown up with baseball, like, you know, as like the sport, yeah. you know, before America had many sports sure. that it cared about. And there, yes, there is something so many fundamentally sports. about mm, yes, the time before sports. Well, it was really like, it's like baseball. It was baseball. And then like, in the 50s and 60s, people say, oh, what about basketball and football? We could think about these. And people are like, oh, all right. Oh, sure. Okay. New, newfangled. Uh, he puts the ball in the hoop. Crazy. Um, and then hockey. Then he got hockey. Trey hockey Wilson. Now it's just UFC. Yeah, right now. <laughs> Feel the punches. <laughs> now it's just filmed murder. <laughs> America's favorite sport. The reason I'm bringing this up is that Trey Wilson, okay. who is a fascinating character actor career, his first credit is in 1976. He dies in 1989. Okay. Uh, at the age of 40. Okay. 
uh, he plays the um, uh, uh, why am I fucking blanking on his character position here? He's like I mean, the married ch- to the mob. He's Bill like there. the chief in he's, this. Yeah, regional he's, director Franklin. Yeah, right. He also plays uh, the uh, manager of the team in Bull Durham. Yeah, you skip. He is also Nathan Arizona in Raising Arizona. Right, right. He has this like incredible run for like a couple years there, which he dies right at the end of. Mm-hmm. He dies a year after this film at the age of forty. He's also in Twins and Great Balls of Fire. He dies of a cerebral hemorrhage. Mm. And if I had to define what made him interesting as an actor, it's that he always looked like he was about to have a cerebral <laughs> hemorrhage. Like, he's always playing these guys who are, like, right at their wits end. Like, I'm going to fucking fire you. Yeah. He does like, not look like a good 40 in this movie. No, no. He's no, 40 he years old, and yeah. he always looks I like he's about to, like, pop a vein. Yeah. And yeah. his, like, brain explodes a year later. Right. Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to be grim about it, but it's yeah, kind of a fascinating right. career. And okay. he was, like, a beautiful, like, character character actor type. Yes. I love him. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. He's, what, two scenes in this? How many scenes in this? Couple. Yeah. He's got a couple. Yeah. He's got a couple. Is he the one who, who says the line? Yes. yes. He's yeah, the, yeah. He's, he that is. is the killer line. Yes. Uh, and then scene. also the racist as fuck line right before it. Oh, you mean the immigration thing? Yes. The, the, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. It's so bad. But that lets you know that this guy's the bad guy. Right. I mean, that's... Not to defend it, but like well, he's no, sort of... Right. 100%. That's the, the idea. These the guys argument. are fucking creeps. Right. Like, that, I, one thing I love about this movie, Modine's no, like... Modine's a nerd. Yes. He's right. not particularly a hero. He's so flawed. You're not really no. rooting for them to win. I don't no. give a shit. I guess right. I... I mean, Stockwell's bad. You don't want him to hurt Angela. Right. You want yeah. Angela to be okay. But this is not a movie about like, the, the cops idea taking that, down like, the mob. Everyone's kind of fucking her over no matter 100%. what. She meets this nice guy in the elevator the and it turns out. the patriarchy, yes. Right. She, he's trying to pin her. They're two like, so they authoritarian systems like run by men. Right. And like the second, she, the, the second Tony pops the cucumber. Sure. He's like at her at the funeral. He's like, okay, great. And he like basically just grabs Sexually her to make out with her. her. Exactly. Yeah. But that's also like. You're mine now. The weird power of and who knows how much this was intentional on Demi's part but casting like a floppy haired golden retriever of a man who also Modine, was yeah. in the grips of Kubrick uh, PTSD sure, right. and depression means like you have a guy who's trying to do the like goofiest most charming performance in the world Seems where there's haunted, something right? weirdly haunted about <laughs> he's him. weird he's not playing that at all I but it's him. just innate in his bloodstream at this point I'm such a sucker for uh, for a good Modine what else do I like? What are some other good Modines? I mean, I like, you know, and the band played on. I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm trying to think of other good Modines, though. What was he in recently? Wasn't he? I mean, recently he was Stranger in Stranger Things, things which kind of like brought him back after he popped up in a dark in the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, he's in that pirate movie. Cutthroat Island? Yes. Legendary I watched that flop. many times um, as a child. And he ran. Interesting. I, he was like a weird family favorite. He ran for president of Screen Actors Guild. And uh, made like a joke about uh, – they said, why are you the most qualified for this job? And he said, because I'm the only man on this stage. Maddie, what the hell? Yep, and then he went like, "What? You can't joke about things these days? And then he – Yeah, but come on. Look at his Wikipedia profile I mean that's a good photo. He's got a bandana. He's got a bandana and a jean jacket. Yeah, a tall man. It's a choice. Yeah. Um, So she's in trouble. Because Tony's putting the moves on her. Yes. The wives don't like her. Modine's right. already stayed. Husband's, husband's dead. dead. He gets the photos. And Modine, I love that he's so shitty about this, but that he goes to his boss and he's like judging Pfeiffer. Yeah, they're like, who's the bimbo? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. like, this tramp already. She's already moving up the ladder. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. This hussy is our key. We're going to use her as bait to get Mercedes' role to flip on Tony. Right. Yeah. 
Mercedes rule. She's scary. When she, uh, when she, well, she's the only person that makes Tony eggs. sweat. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. great. I love but it. oh, the eggs! Why don't you get a leash? It's in aisle five. <laughs> it's a good line. It's such a good and then line. The, the, free, the flea collar went up into the flea collar. <laughs> They're trying to do as much grocery store right. insults as they can. But I love the like targeting of the women. They each ram into her oh, in the oh aisle. God, it's so good. They're terrifying. Uh, so she packs up her shit in a little U-Haul. Mm-hmm. And gets the fuck out of there. Donates her entire house to Goodwill. Yep. I love that it's not just she goes to Goodwill, like, take everything out of here, but she goes, the house is yours, too. Right. And moves to a tenement in the Lower East Side mm-hmm. with a bathtub in the kitchen with her kid, who kind of vanishes from the movie yes. after that. <laughs> she basically just, like, puts it's him in school. No longer a concern. Puts him in a hole. Yeah. <laughs> like, she goes Thanks. to Miami. I'm like, do, do they explain who's watching the kid here? They, no, they, they show the hairdresser. They do, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. It's, it's a throwaway. They, they do They wave do out the window it. for two whole right, seconds. Exactly. Um, and the hairdresser does not get deported, luckily. But that's, no, that's another girl. thing this film is about, which is, like, the mob, the FBI, and the mob wives are all similar forces in her life right that are just controlling controlling asking her to behave more like them or how they want her to behave and when modine is doing that thing that is sort of reading from her file sure and he's like yeah she went to bayside high one semester at beauty school college education none she's a moron right Right. he's saying it cruelly but also you're like right she just got like sucked into this she had a kid and then she's just stuck Right. Like, Which is like every mob list. wife. If exactly. you watch Goodfellas, it's exactly yeah. what happens that to scene her. scene in Goodfellas where Lorraine Bracco. I mean, one thing I love about Goodfellas is that Lorraine Bracco will just take over the narration for a while. Yeah, where yeah. she's just like, these women are ugly. <laughs> they look terrible. Yeah. They don't talk about anything. Yeah. Like, and I'm supposed to hang out with them? Yeah. Like, this is all I can do? Right. I, I love that But then so she much. just comes back to like, oh, my husband's so sexy, right. though. So here I am. Yep. Uh, But but this larger thing that the movie is about, which is like it is so difficult to change one's life. Yeah. It is so difficult to remake yourself. Mm -hmm. And she is in like a particularly extreme example because of these three larger forces that are constantly um, circling uh, her. She's married to the mom. mom, And that's a little bit of a spoiler. But but, but that is. It's like I feel like that's where Demi's sort of like uh, real empathy for the character comes through. And that's just like it's tough for anyone. Right. So – she moves to the Lower East Side. She, well, this is what She's I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Yes. In She's a certain married way. to the mom. She's married to the mom, and that's okay. a spoiler. Mambo Italian. Mambo Italian. Hey, mambo, mambo Italiano. Hey, mambo, mambo but in a certain way, it feels like this is the story of, like, a girl getting out of college and, like, moving to the city and trying to make it on her own. Mm-hmm. Except this is someone who has already lived another life right. full of, like, regret. Yeah. And she's trying I to like reset, rebuild, yeah. and she's got these larger forces circling her. But there's, like, a real sort of, like, innocent earnestness to her um, her want of she something. She wants to go new. straight, too. Yes. She right. really wants right. to really earn money. Like, what she's saying f- to the kid was she's like, we're going to have a life we're going to be proud of. Right. 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 Yeah. One of my favorite moments, too, is when she's job hunting and she has, like, no luck. And then she sees the guy playing with spoons. spoons. And like, I mean, you know is, they're I broke. I love all this. And I then love she a throws, spoon, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Shout out to Mike Mitchell. <laughs> no, but no. She, I, but she dropped, but she's broke. They live in a crappy yeah. apartment. No, but and I, she throws money in. And then that's the guy who's like, oh, this place is hiring next exactly. door. And obviously it turns out to be a nightmare. Which, like, same, my first looking. restaurant job was right. a nightmare. But How like, do we feel about the peeping? Uh, peep <laughs> bit? In now, general. You are the peeper. I am the peeper. We haven't acknowledged right. it in a couple episodes, uh, but you are the peeper. You are, in fact, yeah. the peeper. I am the peeper. Uh, I got that nickname. You have a chicken frame in your home. 
What's that? You're a meat lover too. Yes. Yes. And he I has a chicken am? frame. No, I'm saying Ben is, but then you were saying he has a chicken frame. I was like, oh yeah, I've been, yeah, Ben's house, right? When I, was, when I pig sat, oh you have when the cat sit for pig, you have like that big painting of a chicken yes. with an eye hole. Yes. <laughs> so you have you have a pig peep. <laughs> Uh, You're a meat lover and a peeper. He I peeps am. into his own home. Yeah, he peeps into his kitchen though. He just wants to see what's for breakfast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, you're, no, no. You're Look, the there's good peeping and bad peeping, and this is bad peeping. Bad peeping. This one goes in the bad. But I do think the aesthetic of. The eye hole in a painting is kind of funny. <laughs> right, because it, it's such a classic, again, Scooby-Doo guy. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, like, yeah, right. Yeah. But also, yeah, it's, it's these shots that feel, remind me very much of Science of the Lambs, of the, like, leering mm-hmm. kind of gazes. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tracy Walter, another demi-regular. Yes. yes. And also another retired Tracy. bit regular. Uh, sure. Right-hand man of the retired bit. Uh, in, in um, well, I don't. I mean, we can say he, that he's Bob the Goon. Yes, I mean, he's Bob, he was the, Bob the, Goon. the Goon. Bob the Goon is not retired. No, he's not retired. How at all. long Maybe until Warner Brothers makes a Bob, Bob the Goon, Goon project? <laughs> I'm all for it. Let's do it. Come on, who's a good Bob the Goon these days? <laughs> who's this generation's Tracy Walter? It might be Tracy Walter still. Just bring him back. Yeah, it's like a Nick Offerman type, right? Yeah. Like you know, that's that's this generation's Tracy Walter. Yeah. Um, but he's peeping. It's a bad peep. Peep. Um, it's a bad peep. Well, th- that whole scene but the, is all, so that like, whole sequence, the whole right. job, and I love all that New York, you know, color and care, right? Yeah. Like, and, the, right, and yeah. just the idea Grows that right, there's going to be a guy doing spoons on a corner who'll like know something, like right. oh, like everything's fun, and that's where you have Matthew Modine um, doing the doo-wop. sure, which is like a lovely delayed joke. I right. filmed it on my phone because I love it so much. Uh, and then he's in. He's like basically what, he's in chicken licking. Oh yeah, you know. she throws a milkshake, right. and then he turns. And people sort of his clap. Head. There's kind of some like. Oh, yeah. the, the one job if I were ever to be in a movie, the one job I would want is like the woman who's just like, "You tell them, girl." Yeah. You get them. Yeah. It was great. They you mess for with like us, city. You mess with all of us, oh. Green Goblin. Yes. <laughs> but I love chicken licking, Green Goblin. Okay, I love the wow, uniform. He's mad. I love the uniform. Yeah, I love the uniform. Dirtbag. Her weird captains, yeah. like with like. The right. I'm a sucker like, for epaulet, uh, epaulets. Epaulets. Yes. <laughs> it's so weirdly formal. Yes. Right. I love all the, all the th- sort of theater he does of trying to sell her on the idea that no one's looking when yeah. he like oversells. Right, yeah. I will the close the lock the door. Yes. yes. Curtain right. for your privacy, madame. Yeah. Um, but then the fact that she just like he's like, well, give me the uniform back, and she's like, fuck you, and then spends the next twenty minutes wearing. Just right. this like Half weird captain's, captain's jacket over a bra. Yep. Um, uh, she a, works it. She's Michelle she Pfeiffer. She's yeah. fucking Pfeiffer. Yeah. Um, there's a thing the podcast the ride guys talk about a lot. It's not unique to them, but it's something I had never heard of before them, and now I think about a lot, which is this principle with uh, theme parks okay. of kinetic energy. That the thing that separates like a Six Flags where we went. Are mm. we talking about MCU movies right now? Uh, no. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. No, no I went to Six saying? Flags. I do. Great adventure. Wow, what a thing. That was a great adventure. I actually like Six Flags better than Disneyland. That seems like a scorching hot take. Yeah. I've never been to you Disneyland. You kind of ruined the exact thing I was about to oh, sorry. say. Sorry, <laughs> Griffin. <laughs> Finish what you're you saying. You went to Galaxy's the second Edge. Second thing I spoiled for you. Today. You went to Galaxy's Edge. Recently. Yes, I did. Oh, you did. That's right. You're I the did. only Galaxy's Edger. Yeah. Yeah, you're on the edge. I was edging. You've edged. You've gone straight <laughs> edge. Um, uh, did you enjoy it? Um, oh, I Galaxy's Edge was fun. I just you it's don't so like funny. Disneyland. I felt like David in Six Flags. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, have you ever like, been before? Well, I had to. I have never been to Disneyland. I've been okay. to Disney World. Okay. I have not been to Disney World since I was eighteen. David is taking I'm opening out. some Haribo. <laughs> Sour Haribo with real intensity. So the okay. thing about Disney is, well, because Star Galaxy's Edge is still pretty brand new, you have yes. to like book things right. that you want to do. So right. what we did, and we you just have a set window. It's a little right? involved, right? And yeah. I haven't been to Disney where I've had to plan my day. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so this is the first time where I went with my friend Holland and we were, yeah, it was just the kind of, it was counterintuitive to like the magic of Disney where we're like, we have to book this time slot. And then if we want to do that sure. and then magic kingdom, it was like Halloween weekend and mm-hmm. like, uh, Adventureland or whatever right. was closing by seven. And we wanted to go on the tower of terror, AKA guardians of the galaxy ride, which was like the only good thing over there. So we went over there and then it was closing. So then we went over to the other part. Did you not get to go on it? No, I got to go on. It was okay. just like a 45-minute wait, and I, since the waiting was rough. Waiting's rough. But like, that, ride, that ride, pretty fucking good. No, it's still fucking great. Oh. Um, it's a funny But ride. it was just like a lot of like zigging and zagging, and like we I we didn't game the sure. system as well as we should have. Gotcha. It feels like so, something you more have to plan for. Whereas I like would recommend. Six we just sort of walked up, and we were like, all right. Right, exactly. we're trying I, to plan a trip. The rides were the most fun. Yes. I mean, the things I would suggest are, if you're going to do Galaxy's Edge, is to book it for maybe like the end of the day mm-hmm. because we also so we did the cantina which was like packed still sure um, but it was fun but it was also like I don't know you're trying to like drink but we haven't really eaten and it, it, we're trying to figure that out and mm-hmm. then what I, were the space drinks like they were um, not good. <laughs> well oh, I mean boy. I had the milk I had the milk and it was like kind of warm I feel like I'm but that was really not alcoholic not right no yeah I didn't did feel like drinking at like 2 p.m. no my friend did it was good yeah that sounds cool. yeah yeah the Is other that drinks the one that were like good and in like full a, of booze. Um, one comes a, in a porg. Right. I was going to say, there's like a porg tiki glass. Yeah. Okay. And you get to keep it? Yes. I'm sorry. It costs like $35 to $40. I'm there. And then. That's the thing. She didn't even say the price in your soul. She's like, yeah, that's why it costs and $40. Yeah, and tell me how much I'm spending. Right, right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I spent $200 on of course. a lightsaber. Of course. I, so I would recommend. <laughs> One must. So the thing you can do is, I so I built a lightsaber. It's very much like the make your own wand experience yeah. in which they literally tell you like they're it's cool because there's like Jedis in there and they're telling you how it works. Really but then cool. they're also like, oh, some say the crystal chooses the Jedi. I'm like, that's fucking Harry Potter and you know it, but whatever. They have tried a little bit of that in like the cartoons or whatever. Like yeah. right, that you like search for your crystal. Like, give me a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. But, yeah, but so you pick I. A color. But at the same time, no, <laughs> right, yeah. no. You close your eyes. They have you close your eyes, and then you like think about the color that you. I, they describe like which characters have had each okay, color, okay. and then they get to purple. And because I was, I was personally between blue and purple. Mm. And then, but when they got to purple, they were like, you know, like it's it's different and unique and special. And then they only list Mace Windu, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking get yeah, purple. Yeah. Here's all right. We're all Star Wars fans here. We haven't yeah, talked about Star Wars, but. Uh, by the time this episode is out, oh it'll God. have just come out. That is insane to think yeah. about. Can I will be throw out together. a hot prediction yeah. based yeah. on what we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. There's no way it doesn't end with a new lightsaber color, right? Like, no. I understand that every lightsaber color has been, like, debuted in the cartoons, but in the mm-hmm. movies, we've still only had blue, I think red, Ray's green, gonna make and her purple. Own. And then I feel like it ends with Ray with, like, a fucking gold lightsaber, right? 
Stripes. Right. I would, yeah. Well, stripes would be good. Like, like a, a yeah. peppermint. Yeah, like the barbershop. Like the barbershop thing like, kind of rotating. Doesn't that just feel like the kind of thing Abrams is like, we, we got to do that. Yeah. yeah. You think that's going to be like the final image or you think no, that's going to no, be a reveal just like, in the sort final of like fight or something? Ray, sort of, right, exactly. Be at the final she's fight. she's rebuilt his lightsaber, right? Doesn't she have like a cobbled well, back together? Well, right now together? she has. I'm, not, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to even remember like what the status of her lightsaber is. Well, the lightsaber that's split in half is Luke's. Right, right. She has right. the pieces. Right. So she has the pieces. So okay. it's presumed right. so that she will right. use that. So maybe it'll be blue and something striped. Yeah. Um, right. I just feel like they they haven't gone to that well in a while because the new movies were very much like, yeah. well, let's get back the to classics. The, the classics. Right. right. But now it's time for a yellow lightsaber. I'm saying yellow because that just feels like the color they haven't done. Yellow or orange. Yeah. Can I Even make a prediction? Is a little too reddish. Yes. Make My it. prediction is I can Finn and Ray kiss on the mouth. It uh, won't happen, it but won't I'm just going to speak think. it into existence. I love it. They're I so cute in I Force Awakens. They're mm-hmm. adorable. And so I just, for context, I went into The Last Jedi with my friend Ashley, and she likes Kylo Ren and Ray. You went in with Ray hair. With Ray you hair. did the Ray hair. I had yes. Ray buns. Yes. I'm a Ray stan. Yeah. And then, um, like, it gets to the, like, hair, you guys have, like, bracelets that tell you where each other are. And I'm like, they're connected across the fucking galaxy. And then, like, she fucking force connects with Kylo the whole movie. Yeah. And I just, like, slowly deteriorate while my friend's just, like, glowing beside right, me. Right. And I was like, ah, fuck right. you. So I'm praying, JJ. <laughs> you think about me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah, to make a prediction. I love that movie. Okay, Ben's make yeah. Here it comes. I think the discourse surrounding oh. uh, the new film and will we all, be we all, pleasant. We all, yeah. we all love discourse. Uh, we love discourse. Zero percent exhausting. <laughs> measured. <laughs> It'll definitely be measured. That's actually that's true. He's right about that. <laughs> and very chill. I went down a rabbit mm. hole of watching Bad Faith. You know they now call themselves. Why do you do this? The to Phantom yourself? Menace. I have been doing it so much less. <laughs> Phantom Menace. They call themselves the Phantom Menace. Woo! Yeah, go ahead. Um, give me some credit. I have been doing this far less than I usually do because usually You've every time I less. see you, I tell you eighteen bad things I've seen online, and you <laughs> say, "Why are you exposing yourself?" You haven't to these done things? that in a while. I've not been doing that for a while. No. And I was watching the Star Wars trailer, and then YouTube, as they are wont to do, started recommending bad faith. Right, they recommend, like, Last Jedi is bad, and then that recommends to you, I assume, like, why Donald Trump will make America great again, and that recommends, right, yeah, it keeps going. Right. And by the way, I, I do think he probably is the president that God chose. I've seen a couple of videos that changed my mind. <laughs> but I just, wait, all it took was three videos, and I realized I was wrong. I was, no. I was too easily triggered before. Right, right, right. But uh, someone should have uh, taken me away in an ambulance. <laughs> but mm. I was watching these bad videos, and these guys keep on making these, like, Grand sweeping statements like nobody actually likes Ray. What? And I'm like, you cannot like Star Wars, but to act like she is universally agreed upon as a failure of a character, like it was the response to Jar Jar, is so That's wildly incorrect. Because yeah, they haven't met me. Yeah, Ray fucking rules. Ray fucking rules. Ray is the tons greatest. of people love Ray. I understand so- tons of people don't like Ray, who also don't like their mothers. <laughs> Go talk to your mother. Go talk to your mother. Um, love Ray. I hope that um, that um, that it all works out in the <laughs> way that I don't know. That's I, our I really Star Wars prediction. It's all going to work it's out. Gonna work it's gonna work I mean, out. I think it probably is. I guess. I guess that's sort of true. I mean, Kylo. I guess he's the one where you, you can don't know it where say the that in like the Star Wars font at the end of the movie, just like and then <laughs> it, it all worked, worked out. out. It just scrolls. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. 
I'm weirdly unexcited for that movie, except that I like love Star Wars. That's my thing. I'm so. I'm like, hey, it's Star Wars. Well, I, I do appreciate that I still don't really know anything based off the which is Abrams movie because that's how I much. felt going into the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and then I actually didn't really even love the Last Jedi. Like after oh, the first watch, that. no, after the first right? watch because it was three hours long, and I was like, that was so much. And then I saw it a second time, and I was like, this is the greatest to ever exist. I, I think uh, I am so weary of the uh, discourse. I'm afraid of how measured it is going to be that that dampens my excitement somewhat. But also every time I see a trailer, I remember that Star, Star Wars. Wars is the fucking coolest. And when I sit there and watch it, I'm going to have a grand old time. We're, we're all going to have a grand old time. Yeah. I got tickets in my pocket. Throw it in a hole. Oh, boy. Yeah. Paper tickets. They're right here. Paper? Mm-hmm. I was telling you got paper tickets. I'll explain. And off you mine. keep them in every jean pocket. <laughs> yes, you bring them right. with you every day. I was saying to David, the most asshole move possible would be like the person who's like, I don't want to have to share a row with anyone on the airplane, so I'm buying the seats next to me. If you just bought out five seats for opening night at Star Wars, just by yourself, just so you didn't have to sit next to anyone else. God, they sold out pretty quick. Anyway, that's yeah. what I did. I got five seats for each of us. So great. Right, I bought like 60 seats. Yes. <laughs> Wait, five, <what? laughs> five seats for the five people in this room. No. Uh, David, Ben, Griffin, and and Ben's red boy here on the desk. <laughs> That's right there. He gets his own chair. Oh, he gets his own chair. Like, can we get him like a little tiny box of popcorn? Of course. Ben's little red boy. <laughs> there is the red boy. Ben's looking at his red boy and beaming. Red He's like pretty happy with the red boy. <laughs> I know boy. like the red boys probably won't come back because they're going to do Knights of Ren, what? but like I want them. Well, but they have they the fucking die. Sith yeah, Troopers. Red boys. The Sith Troopers, true. the Troopers are red now. Red Troopers. They've, like, combined They're the them. new red boys okay. slash old red boys. Right. But as long as we've got there red go. boys represented. Fat hey, like maybe we'll get a new uh, color of Storm Boy. That's what that is. That's yeah. what that is. But I'm seeing red, now what? Oh, oh okay. sure. Oh. Like we'll a get lightsaber. A Frost Trooper or, uh, oh. you know, yeah. Forest. Well, we've had Forest. Yeah. I want glow-in-the-dark Troopers. Ooh. I want Troopers with that sort of milky mm-hmm. plastic. And then you turn on the lights. Bright green. Crazy. Yeah. So in Married to the Mob, yeah. she gets the job. She gets the hairdressing hey, job. Hey, Mambo. Mambo Italiano. <laughs> hey, Mambo. Mambo Italiano. Hey, Mambo. Oh, uh, this is the point I was going to make. <laughs> yeah. Look at something mozzarella. Well, of course. Gabagool. Gabagool. But um, the thing that, I can say that. that the podcast The Ride Boys talk about all the time is this theory at theme parks, which is kinetic energy. Which is the difference between something like Six Flags and something like Disneyland? Right, is that Six Flags is just like make some good rides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Disneyland and you know other parks of that ilk put a lot of energy into like there's something kinetic happening around you at all times. Can mm-hmm. I point out that they released crows when I was in Disneyland? We were walking into an entrance and we're like, oh, there's a lot of crows, and then there was a. Fucked, and there was a murder of crows, murder. and we're like a hundred percent Disney just released a murder of crows for like ambiance. But that's part of this thing. It's like that's nuts. Design that's architecture. Great. Six Flags does not do that. They just no. have them. Six Flags. Like, they don't release anything. In a corner. Design architecture that is like kinetic. Have things in motion. Have people performing in different capacities in different places. Like, and I feel like Jonathan Demi movies have that. And the fact that this like series of bad job interviews. Leads to a spoon man giving her the tip on where she should apply, like feeds into that where it's like, why make that some boring guy? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, why make it a generic bar and like motel? Should have been Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) It should have been Hannibal Lecter. You know, but like, why not make everything 
that could be sort of like rote shoe leather or just like take it for granted like this Fun. type of environment, right. this type of guy. Which is very New York. Some kind of, very New York. Very yes, New York. Very 80s New York. And it's, yeah. Demi you never know who's around the corner. Demi is such a New York filmmaker. Even though most of his movies aren't set in New York, he's very— A lot very, of them are, though. But he's very influenced by the New York sensibility and the way that, like, the East Village used to feel in the 80s and the 90s. I guess it's just this and something wild. I'm trying to think of other New York movies he's made. But most of something wild isn't in the city. Yeah, that's true. But then yeah. it's from New York. Um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess that's kind of right? it. Yeah. But I think he like really nails I, it. And as someone who moved to New York and then like had to find Delaware. shitty jobs, yeah, right, yeah, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, so, no, so you I sure. too. So, Jesus. Yeah. What, what's yeah? Do you guys? I feel like that'd be a fun thing to discuss. Like, what's you guys' experiences? Because you worked at the Disney, I worked store. At the Disney store. Yeah. Well, was, was everyone's like first, first shitty. Like, I'm in New York. I have to like my first figure shit New York out. job was at the chess shop. I think I've talked about you this. Yeah, yeah. Which was a bizarre job because it was a one man job running a whole shop. Uh, so it was kind of like cool in a way because no one was there to boss me around. But then also James Gandolfini might show up expecting to pick up a fancy chess set for his son. And you have to be like, oh, excuse me. Uh, yes, I'll, I'll, let me find it for you. And like you have to go in the back I'm totally room. extremely professional. And, and I mean, say, like, the most Where's stressful fucking pawn? The most stressful person in the world to just stand there waiting <laughs> is James Gandolfini. Because him breathing is a whole fucking experience. <laughs> and he just looks... <laughs> like he does not want right. to like wait a second waiting. longer. Yeah. No. He, he was one of not the, a jerk at all. Nice guy. Right. He was one of the only human beings ever to breathe in surround sound. <laughs> <laughs> Just absolutely. Hey, I'm here to. And you're like, and oh yeah, it's under you, Gandolfini. Oh, okay. And then you have to like go into the back, which was just like a fucking jungle of chess sure. sets. And like, you know what chess sets look like? Each other. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of variation, and, and yet like some cost thirty Rook bucks and some cost five. two thousand. Yeah. Because they're made out of like Indian rosewood, and you know, sure. like you got the, all the chess sets that say no child labor involved, and you're like, do the other ones have to? Like, what's <laughs> that story? That was also a place. It was in the village. It's closed now, sadly. There's still the chess, other one's still open. Chess yes. farm's still going. Yeah, um, on Thompson Street. The guy above lived in a like apartment, like a rent controlled apartment. Was like a one bajillion years old, <laughs> and it was rent controlled. And the guy, like my the, my boss, would be like, that guy pays like seventy five bucks a month. Yeah, Jesus. And Christ. he would come down. I, this Kill is not George. mockery. This is just yeah. experience that mm-hmm. I had all the mm-hmm. time. The man was so fucking old that in How between. How old was he? <laughs> in between him leaving his apartment on uh-huh. the second floor and coming to the ground floor, he might have to go to the bathroom again. He might have to pee again. Because, like, it's just not working that well anymore, right? And so he would come into our shop and bang on the bathroom door, yeah. even if someone was in it, and be like, Get out of there! I gotta go to the bathroom! And it was very stressful. Wow. It was so stressful. Wow. You know what's the thing I love about the hiring scene? Go ahead. That she goes in there. She leads with the fact that she went to beauty school. Yep. Then realizes she dropped out and immediately just pivots to, I'll 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 do anything. anything. Like, she, like, tries to go in with, like, oh, my God, this is a thing I actually have some area of expertise But I think she kind of knows, though. Yeah. She looks in a mirror that says, are you ready for a new you? Yeah. Very cute. It's Uh, sweet just how much they take her in and are, like— they gave her a haircut, too. Yeah. Um, so then after all this. Good cut. Wait, Ange, what was your shittiest job? Yeah. Ange. My shittiest job? Yeah. My shittiest New York job. I mean, my, first... my shitty jobs were in London. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Where? Why? <laughs> why were you working on vacation? That's weird. <laughs> what if it was some, like, complicated rom-com plot? Like, I got to make the money back for my plane yeah, ticket. Yeah, yeah. To fly he was woofing. Back? So what, like a one-week, two-week job maximum? I wish. 
Uh, I lived in London. What? <laughs> Go on with your job story. What was your bad job? Yeah. Oh, um, I would say like, well, my first like year here was like a waking nightmare. Uh, yeah, you, um, you, you were on um, Rebecca Bolness's classroom crush. I feel I like you talked about yes, this a little bit. Yes, yes. you guys want to hear about a uh, shitty? I moved here. I broke up with my boyfriend. I moved to New York. I immediately got the flu, which, like, at the time, I did not know it was the flu. But, like, when I described it later. the walking flu, essentially. I was crashing with my brother. And I can say this now because he's since moved. But uh, bed bugs were uh, a factor. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was rough. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And then I was also, like, I was kind of doing some work for my cousin back in Massachusetts. But that was, like, fading. So I was like, I need to do something quick. Mm-hmm. My brother's friend Harry, who you guys have met, um, is a chef in New York, and Chef he, Harry. Chef Harry, yeah, uh, worked at Alamo. No longer works at Alamo, but he worked at this place called STK yes. in uh, in meatpacking. Sure. Which, if anyone has ever been there, it's a nightmare place. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a chef there, and he was like, I you can probably hook you up with a hostess gig. At SDK. At SDK. That was my first. And I remember That's I got basically there. basically like hustlers. <laughs> like, yes. you know, like the type of clientele who are coming in. Yes. Are the guys from I hustlers. worked there for a very long time before realizing like how many sex workers walked in and out of that place. Sure. And, like a lot of right. sugar baby situations. Right. But also weirdly like parents who brought their children and stayed until like 11 p.m. And are like, should we call like services or something? Because this is bad people oh boy, fucking oh in the street on a sunday well, that's that was just, we that's all looked regular. well also because the York window City, was blacked out so we could see out and they couldn't see in mm. so like a couple people at brunch and then like half the staff just like watched a couple go at it on a car once on a car on a car on top yeah. of a car yeah. they were feeling Good themselves sex. Um, but yeah, that was like my first like roadie. I like met the manager and I was like, I've never worked at a restaurant, but I'm like, I work really I'm a hard. Real yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, I'm like, right. I work in retail. And then like all the other hostesses were like models who like hated everyone. And then <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a fun movie. <laughs> it's actually. SDK. I did not last long. I was there for like basically the summer. And I was also, and that's when I started the UCB internship. Hey. And so I like, yeah, yeah. right here. Right here. Here we go. So it was all worth it. I say, I just, I found something on the Wikipedia that I'm very confused by. Uh, On our own Wikipedia? Yeah. Is it about London? What says, every time David accidentally implies that he lived in London, England during part of his childhood, Ben and Griffin act like it was a shocking yeah, revelation. See, this is this is never heard before. This has come up. I've never heard about this. No, honestly, I, I, I don't listen back to episodes like David does. It says we milk it for all it's worth. I don't think that, that I I don't I can't think I mean, of one time that's maybe happened. bone milk it for all it's that's worth. That's very possible. Um. Anyway, if anyone gives you shit online, Edge, you can just nuke them. You're the you know you're the you run the I social. Can destroy. Them. Yeah, nuke them. Uh, or directors. Then what was your bad New York job? Uh, I like. Had, when did you move here? Because uh, I started uh, going to the new school in 2008, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe, no, 2006, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been in New York Those a while. Those are two different years. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, uh, I don't know, my memory's a little foggy. It definitely uh, was in 2007. We know that for no, a fact. Of course not. Absolutely not. Why? No, well, it's <laughs> But uh, I got a job in construction. And I had no experience. You talked about this on the show. Yeah, I feel like maybe we've only talked about it. Um, it might have come up. 
But you know, uh, I built the Empire State Building. Oh, yeah, I did. It does kind of seem like your style now that you mention it. It is very big. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it took course. a while. Yeah. Um, no. And so uh, the thing I learned with uh, uh, working on a construction crew is um, people like me have built the house that you live in. Mm. And that <laughs> is very scary. Sure. Sure. So your point is uh, no house is safe. No. Yes. no so what, not Jimmy house. Carter. Yeah. Jimmy Carter well, built my house. Oh, uh, well. Okay. Yeah. It's it's just Ben's and Jimmy Carter's. Married to the mom. <laughs> yes. So she so gets Modine, sees her in the elevator, they starts flirt. flirting with her. Well, only after he has had a run-in with Tony the Tiger and his associates. That's true. In which... He realizes what's going does on. Does he call him an everyday... What does he say oh. to Tony? Uh, well, he says you're Menace. a menace to society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he remembers uh, that later. Watch it on the road. Yeah, but but that's the point. He makes the fatal mistake of making slightly too much of an impression. Right. Like any contact right. at all. On Tony and his right. friend. Which is going to matter later. And he's okay. trying to get out of the building because he's been bugging Ange's apartment. But then I keep on calling her Ange. But then, of course, when he goes down the elevator, he runs into her, which makes him go right back up in the elevator Can to I continue ask a question? Talking. Does yeah. he live in the—but he already lived in the same building as Angela? No, they— I, my understanding is they get an apartment so that they can stake out. Yes, 100%. Okay. Because that's what it seemed like, yes. but then that apartment had so much shit in it that it seemed like it was also his apartment, like the one with the four cats. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, no, I think that's a separate apartment. Yes, yeah. right, 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 right. The one with the so clothing automated. Right, that, this is uh, purely a stakeout apartment. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Stakeouts so- seem fun. <laughs> Don't they seem fun? Yeah, yeah you get, like Chinese food. I think they're <laughs> fucking boring, right? Yeah. Well, I'm sure it has this, but you're, and you're watching people, and it's just, you just like back to beeping. Yeah. I just think it seems fun. Um, but they, you know, they start to f- flirt, right? But yeah. I like that this is not a romantic comedy per se. No, right. that they do not exactly fall in love. Right? Okay. Well, like they I have also a sort appreciate of a complicated thing. The lie doesn't go on long. It's basically yeah, like a one night, and then yes. she finds out right. the truth. That one night is so good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm just We're bring up anything up. that's. Uh, yeah, we got to talk about in these light later scenes. I'm trying to think. Well, there's the so, burger shooting. Right. Oh, he loves. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Can right. I just say my favorite bit leading Burger up time. to that is they're like, you know, where we're going, Burger World. Yeah. And then, like, the two mobsters driving behind them, and they're like, oh, the place is terrible. Why do we have to go yeah, and there? And they're singing the right, song. Dean <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's really fun. Yeah. Right, there's that side plot that Stockwell himself is in trouble. Right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. But that's a really good scene. Yeah. Where yeah. Stockwell has these, like, that's a, they got a different guy, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Two monsters show up. He shoots at them with two guns, kills them both, and then he goes, the clown. Right. He doesn't recognize the clown, who is, of course, Chris Isaac. God, he's There's so, so many weird cast. Like Chris yes, Isaac yeah, is Chris the clown. Isaac, yeah. David Johansson is the priest at... Yes. Did you notice that from right. the New York no. Dolls? Yep. No. David really? Johansson plays the priest. Man, Demi must have just been so you know, cool. So cool. Hanging out with these cool people. Yeah. Naked swimming to Cambodia and stop yeah. making sense in his off time. Yeah. What a cool fucking what a cool dude. cool fucking dude. Did you notice his cameo in the movie? Yeah, he's the um, the guy getting off the elevator. Yeah, right? when yeah. they're in Miami. Yeah. And there's a guy in like a, a tropical shirt and oh, his pregnant with the wife. wife. That's him. Oh. And that's Demi and his wife, I think, pregnant with one of their children. Good looking guy. Good looking guy. He is. A sweetie pie. He is a sweetie pie. Um, but yeah, no, Stockwell's so good. Yeah. He just kills all that. And well, then as also- David and I learned, he would stay in character the whole <laughs> movie. Wild. 
<laughs> Do you think he wore the like white suit? He had to have. He right. must have kicked right. open the trailer door. <laughs> There's something about his skin, like yeah. his face skin, yes. that you're just like, you're like, what a sleaze bag. It's funny. Yeah. Yes. It's so funny because like good eyebrows. Quantum yeah. Meat. Just the like, Quantum Meat? Jesus, dude. Jeez, Louise. Quantum <laughs> Leap turns him into kind of a buddy, right? Yeah. Like more of a sidekick. And like, he's got such good villain energy. Totally. And, and when he's like, in Battlestar Galactica yeah. years later, you're like, right, this guy is frightening. And like in uh, The Player, which he's so good oh, in, yeah. he plays like a desperate sad sack, like sort of like Hollywood hustler. He's so good. He's, he's just so good. an A-plus character um, actor. But it's such a weird character choice in this where he's like playing the exact midpoint between like super stylized modern Italian gangster and super old-fashioned 1940s RKO picture gangster. Right, right. Like there's something very like zoot suit to his energy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's also something kind of like overly slick and modern about his energy. So it's like a very broad theatrical performance of a very kind of quietly menacing guy. Right. Um, he's great. And then, of course, Mercedes Rule. She's kind of not in the middle of the movie. She rules, though. Mercedes. She does rule. She rules. Yeah, she's fun. She, well, she, she just gets peppered in through yeah, it. Like, yeah, she just kicks down pepper. doors and is she, like, twist, Tony. She has that scene. Where it, when her and Modine finally go out, the second time yeah. that Pfeiffer runs into Modine, after the first time where he's pinned against the, the wall of the elevator with the chair, which is such a good use of, like, the Demi the POV close-ups yeah. of just having them separated by the chair and squished. But um, the second time she runs into him, and or she goes up to his apartment to ask she, him she, out. Oh, what Michelle Pfeiffer? Right, because yeah. there's yeah, that yeah. scene where she asks him out, and Oliver After Platt is like hiding behind the door. Door, right? right. Um, and uh, and then later that night, Connie kicks down the door when yes. he's invited back to her place. Right, that's the thing. They have such a nice like little date night. Yeah, uh, dancing and having a fun time, and then there's that weird level of intimacy in them talking to each other. Which is then totally disrupted by and the fact that they also just keep drinking club soda. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mercedes Rule just coming in like a ton of bricks and not wanting Mercedes Rule to see that she's with another man right. because she thinks that will make her look bad so shortly after her husband's death. But Mercedes Rule interprets that as you're hiding my husband right. in here right. because right. he's already come to visit her at that point. Yes. And he, given he the gifts gives, and everything. Yes. Exactly. yes. Um, and she's so like on guard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that Michelle Pfeiffer the entire time does not know that anyone would have seen Tony try to kiss her at the funeral. Right. right. Like she's just like, this guy's been creeping on me, but there's no way anyone else would know this. Right. So she doesn't know that the other wives have seen it. She doesn't know that she's the, someone at the grocery agents. store. At the grocery store, it sort oh, of becomes clear. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, oh, fuck. I forgot that too. But that's my favorite thing where she's like, look, Tony's just not my type. And she's like, Tony is everyone's type. <laughs> she's like, I'm not interested. He's like, everyone's interested in Tony. Like, there's such a weird ego to Mercedes. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it's like, right. don't touch my husband, but also, I want you to admit that you want to fuck my husband. Right. Because my husband's the most fuckable, and don't you dare fuck him. That spray tan glows. Ugh. It glows. Yeah. I mean, I think the Mercedes rule set piece is like, Everything from like her hearing honeymoon sweet yes. and being like, just give me the fucking ticket, yeah. like all that, to her jumping. Out she of jumps out from a yes. moving plane. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Dare After I say saying it. forget about it. Oh, it rules. Dare I say it? Mercedes house rules. <laughs> sure. 
Just it's something like you're supposed to stay in your stay in your seat or whatever. Yeah. She's like, "Honey, forget about it." And her <laughs> hair. Every time they cut to her, her hair gets bigger and more like it looks like right. she stuck her fingers in electrical socket. Well, also the bit too is like when they're waiting, they're like, "That's the cops. They're kicking down the door," yeah. and then it's fucking Connie. With ginormous hair. It's like you know it too. Right. Like he, the well, audience well, knows oh, right. that the yeah. gag like, is coming. Tony's so not satisfying. afraid of the cops. Right. He's no, afraid of he's his fair. wife. But, but yep. After he's in jail, he just dreams of her fucking like shooting, shooting his, his nuts off. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's just, you know, to have the sort of head pecking, yeah. ball busting, battle axe wife, right? right. Like it's a classic yeah. joke. And I think it's a good idea to just dial it up to 50 rather yes. than like. Try and underplay to right? almost make her Just like a supernatural force. Exactly, yeah. that's funnier. Right. Uh, what's her? Oh, this is like what Angela could be. This is like the cliche, right. is, yes, the yes. contrast. Her line, Look, I fight for She's what's so mine. So devoted to her husband. <laughs> I fight for what's mine. I make no apologies. You can call me a ball buster, but it's just the way I am. Right. I like yeah. that. Like, yeah, she leaves and she was like, I was wrong, but like, I got my eye on you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. Um, and it's so great that like her like springing up in bed in the morning, like being the like Tony, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he didn't kiss me goodbye. Oh, like I need to be on guard about this. And he's so scared. He's like Connie, I in the airport. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. They're trying to like quietly right. escort That's Michelle Pfeiffer onto right, the plane, right, right. right? And then so that because the showdown in the movie is they reveal to uh, Angela that uh, they are. I mean, she finds out that they're yeah. the, the cops. cops. Yeah. Uh, well, she well gets but they in. reveal right because they bring yeah. her in. But how do they realize that she's not? Oh, it's when Mercedes' well, Matthew, rule comes over. Right, right, yes. right. And then, oh yeah, and then, and and she then Matthew Modine says like I've misjudged her like to Mercedes' rule right. or whatever. Right, right. But but uh, he sort of admits his, Pfeiffer uh, confesses everything. Sort of explains the situation, not knowing he's a cop. Right, right. Hitting on her, and, and he realized she's been fully taken advantage of by everybody. But also, the most romantic thing in the world that they just literally spend the night fully clothed in bed together, yeah, holding each other. I find really, really sweet. It's a very Griffin thing. Yes, oh, yes. it is yeah. so Griffin. It is such a Griffin move. It Really is. Uh, not that it's a move, but it is such a Griffin. Like those are my weird sexual fantasies of like, what if we just talked and then spent the night fully clothed in bed together? Uh, I'm a broken person. But um, the fact that they like don't even start kissing until they wake up in the morning. Yeah, like it's like they wake up and then suddenly they're deciding to get physical, but then the knock on the door happens. And that's it's what happens when a star is born. Yeah, a thing I like in a star is born. Oh yeah, in a perfect movie. Yeah, great movie. Uh, uh, the best thing in a movie that I like parts of. Um, but uh, plat knocking on the door, everyone's sort of like getting angry at him. Right. Oh, because the, the burger massacre had happened the night before right. and he was busy. <laughs> well, I also massacre. love, what, can we just talk about how he's like, he's like, you know, I misjudged you and he's getting into bed with her. He's, while he's doing that, yeah. he's taking all the bugs that yeah. he planted. Yes. 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 So good. But, uh, uh, yeah. right, that they are like, there's a massacre right. happening and you were like getting laid and he can't explain to them that they didn't have sex. Sure. But also that he knows that she's innocent, but that he's not biased. So they're just like, you're in too deep on all of this. Your eyes off the ball. You're fucking off. We're bringing her in. We're making a deal. Right. And this like gross intimidation it's scene. Great. It's yeah. great. It's just, yeah, please. Like just have them not be heroes. I love it. Right. Right. And to have them be like, we will put you in jail for 10 years for donating everything you own to yeah, Goodwill. Right, right, right. 
That's I mean, trafficking. It's just classic, you know. Right. FBI right. But like, yeah, you've bullshit, seen that right. in any like kind of 100%. cop show, which yeah. is, but like when you see it when the characters obviously right. like Think trying to protect kids, their husband, Angela, yeah, like right. all that shit. But yeah. then yeah, the yeah, he'll go into care, and, and they the, also use her employer as right. leverage, right. like so awful. Oh yeah, right. Uh, but the fact that like the only way for her to get out is to now reaffirm the way everyone views her. Like, she's trying so hard to get away from this perception, and they're like, your only way out of this situation is to play up the mob wife stuff, seduce Tony, lay a trap for Mercedes rule, you know, like, all this shit. Like, the only way out is, like, through. Um, And she has to do this, like, uncomfortable theater and, like, resubmit herself to the world, show up, interrupt a meeting with Grandpa Monster. Right. Totally seduce Tony. Hang out with Tony, who's been, like, aggressive and gross to her. It's scary. It's like, you know, it's the big lie. She plays it so well. And she plays it so well. Yeah. And then we're in Miami. Great place to end a movie. Always a good place to end a movie. Right. And they're just, like— Miami showdown. So fucking well done. Like, if I saw a mainstream comedy with a moment like this in it— uh, when Modine walks in, makes the fatal mistake of doing the head nod, right? It. And then you just see it. the exact same piece of coverage repeated five it. times in different devices, With different, uh, different outfits. Costumes. Uh. And then Tony walking over to the mirror, Mercedes rule coming over his shoulder and saying, if you, you wouldn't believe this Jamoke, you know, the the look of this guy she was actually with. Right. And he just puts it all together. But the fact that that's entirely visual. I love it. It's and, so and expressive. Just the, it's like, yes, let's exit reality for a second. It's right. We're in a movie. Who cares? Yeah. It's, fun. it's a movie. Exactly. This movie is so in love with the fact that it is a movie. Hell yeah. And the opportunity of like anything you can do in a movie at any point in time. Yeah. Uh, but I love that they like break Modine by like appealing to like, this guy seems like fun. This guy's a one man party. He's on vacation. It's from the book. Yeah. Is Matthew Modine the original vacation Jason? He probably is. Yeah. Um, no, come on, this shootout, it's so fun. So fun. I, I don't like anyone except for Angela. I'm cool with every, that's what, That's why I like Any it. of them getting shot. Yeah, it's just, well, and also there's this, the guy like gets the shot. the penthouse, though. I didn't yeah. want the penthouse the to get suite. ruined. The honeymoon yeah, suite. Yeah, yeah, the guy gets shot and he's like, oh, you'd have to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. For his last words. Like, I love the weird sort of like gross, cartoony, like where it's right. like, kind of scary, yeah. kind of funny. Once again, no blood. No, just no, kind no, of no. like dramatic falling. You're like, oh, I guess they got that and guy. That, uh, Modine keeps on saying like, you're under arrest. The whole place is bugged. We got you. There are a bunch right. of cops outside. Right. He Tony's clearly like, has like no power. Yeah, no, fuck yeah. 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 I don't yeah. care. You won't make it stick. Right. And then and then Mercedes Rule comes in and Tony's like actually scared. Right. right. Like he's that's the sweating. actual wild They cut to his face and he's and leaking like Jordan Peele. Right. Yeah. And he would also clearly rather get murdered than lose his <laughs> genitalia. Like, she's figured out the thing of greatest yes. possible threat to him, yeah. which is living without a penis. God. And then Angela gets to punch her in the face. Yes. And a true classic 80s, like, really wind mm-hmm. up and punch <laughs> the camera. She like a full Popeye, yeah, like, clockwise. <laughs> wind, yeah. It's great. It's so good. And then the cops <sighs> bust in. Yeah, well, I mean, she knocks I mean, out Connie, and then right, I mean, the it, cops get Tony when he the tries to run and away. The, but then, the, to me, the funniest thing is just Tony then having another dream about his wife shooting his right. dick right. off. That you think that cap. Tony's right. sort of getting out of it and gaming the system, and then you realize that was his dream of how well things could have worked out right. for him, followed by the nightmare of the worst case scenario, right. which also means Tony kind of prefers to yeah, be I in think a shit Tony's like, you know what? I'll stay in jail. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And great. then Modine comes back asking for a second chance. Yeah. 
Which is fine. I yeah. mean, you gotta end the movie that way. I get it. Yeah. I love the end credits where it's just like recycled yeah. scenes All the from deleted the movie. Scenes. So yeah, it's, that's right. what it is. It's yeah. deleted scenes yeah. that he liked a lot. He was just like, let's just play them out. Put them in there somewhere. Right. And they sort of form like a recap of the basic plot events of the film. It's except great. you're seeing alternate scenes. I love that. That sort of 80s font, too, the kind of, you know what yeah. I mean, sort of graffiti. And then like. it ends again with, like, the guys with, like, long shadows and in, in a soundstage oh, with right. Tommy guns. Yeah. And then the logo getting shot to Swiss cheese. Right, and then there's a post-credits <laughs> thing yeah. of them dancing on the steps of 60 Center Street. There's a Street. post-credits scene? It's just, like, it's, really sweet. it's cute. It's just them dancing, Modine and Michelle. And then that's Nick adorable. Fury comes in and gives them a pager. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He says, there was an I have news for you. Martin yeah. Scorsese no longer <laughs> likes this movie. And he says, I need you to go into the quantum zone. Uh, that's right. I mean, this film is, to, to be fair, it takes place in the prequel quantum. to Ant-Man like and the Like any Michelle Pfeiffer movie, it takes place yeah. in the quantum zone. Yeah, of course. Right. Shall we play the box office game, we please? Should. It's a good one. Mm. August 19th, 1988. Okay. Married to the Mob opens number seven. Mm-hmm. Not in the top five. Not a big hit. No, but it did end up grossing $21 million, okay, which was well. double its budget. Gets an Oscar I don't think gets anyone was particularly yeah. upset about this movie. I think National Board of Review gave supporting actor and supporting actress to rule and stock well. Let me give you—I think you're talking about the National Society of Film Critics. Oh, much better than the National yes. Board of Review. No offense to either organization. Pardon my slip. So you have Stockwell got an Oscar nomination. Michelle got a Golden Globe nomination. Mm-hmm. It got a Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy? Mich- no, just Michelle. Just Michelle? Just Michelle. What a shame. Uh, National Society did give, as you say, those two acting mm-hmm. awards. And New York film critics also gave uh, Dean Stockwell their award. Okay. Um, so number one at the box office is a horror sequel. Actually, we're kind of just discussing it. Oh, because you've been going through the franchises. No, but it's, uh, well. Well, take what? Take guess, but uh, no, it's not that. But I'm saying we were talking about you're trying to go but through all the that franchises. Realm. That's it, true. It's true. Okay. Yeah, is it one of the franchises? It is. It is. It is. What it is. number film is it? Four. So it's not Jason. No. Is it Halloween 4? No. It's not Nightmare on Elm Street 4? It is. It is. And what's the subtitle? And that one is The Dream Master? Correct. Made 50 mil. Yeah. We were saying that's the highest grossing one. That's why I was saying we actually yeah. kind of were discussing it. Um, it opens to 12 million this weekend. Yeah. Big hit. It's my favorite horror franchise because even in the lesser entries, you have like weird, like surrealistic, this is like why I well love sequences. Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's what is that's what it's always had going for yeah. it. Now, number two is um, a love western. Freddy, terrific guy, known for fifteen years. Is a western um, with a with um, so he enjoys his social with life. many a cutie in the cast. Some of his women, even on the younger side. Mm-hmm. We've done okay, We've yeah, done that I know, but I'm just going to keep doing it because the okay. world's terrible. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a comedy with many no, a cutie. No, a western. A western. Oh, is it Young Guns? Young Guns. The Young Guns. Give me some of the cuties. Sheen. Estevez. Yes. Is Slater in that? No. Lou Diamond Phillips is. Um, Kiefer Sutherland? Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. A young Dermot Mulroney. Ooh, Jason Patrick? Uh, not that I know of. I'm Jack think- Palance and Terrence Stamp round up the The youngest. Cast. <laughs> so young. The youngest actors of their day. Young Guns. Young opening guns. to, oh no, this is its second weekend and it is made 16 million. It's on its way to 44, but a, a classic Brat Pack movie. I wish someone would do a movie like that today where it's like we just put all the guys. Chalamet. Next wave. Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Right? Like any guy in their 20s who's right. hot stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Put Lucas them all Hedges. In there. Yeah, right. The guy from Waves. Kelvin Harrison. Jr. Put them all in one movie. 
Um, all right. Number Along th- with Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah, right. Number three <laughs> yeah. is um, quite a big uh, hit of the year. Good movie. Action film. Mm. Quite famous. Big big hit of the year. Oh, yeah. 1998. Oh, yeah. Is it uh, a sequel? Nope. But spawned it many. It spawned many. Many secrets. It's not Lethal Weapon. No. How this is secret. I believe oh, it. Oh, Die Hard. No, well, that gives it okay. away. I wasn't sure. No, and well, you know, you might have to cut it out because we can't have that leaking out to the public. <laughs> Die Hard knows it's a. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Don't tell me. Okay, don't tell anyone. Uh, Die Hard. Yes. Good movie. Uh, a great film. Real good. A perfect film. Uh, number four. I saw. I rewatched it last year when Skyscraper came out, and mm. I was like, I just want to watch Die Hard. Uh, agreed. Number four is a big comedy of the year, mm. Oscar winner. Mm. Uh, I've only seen it once. I remember finding it very funny. Fish Called Wanda? That's correct. Yeah. Few comedies win Oscars. That's true. That was kind of a giveaway. Well, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Klein, of course. Is, is it that Oscar that winner. is the oldest Best Director nominee of all time? Charles Crichton? Yeah. That sounds right. I think he was like 87. He was real old. Yeah. yeah. And he hadn't um, made a movie in like 50 years? Yes, and they, like, he was like an old ailing guy. It yeah. was crazy. It's nuts. Good movie, though. Yeah. Um, number five is a movie we discussed. Oh, I finally threw the mouth organ. That is also one of those movies that I have not seen since I was a child. Remembered liking. Mm-hmm. Wonder how it would play for me now that sex is not a supernatural concept. <laughs> Do you ever have that experience where like, you watch a movie you watch as a kid and it felt like a fantasy film right, because right. sex was like a yeah, prevalent I, you're, element? You're right. You're right. It might. Yes. And you're like, oh, this now just feels like a workplace comedy. This is like... <laughs> The commonplace elements of being a human being. Number five. Uh Uh-huh. It's got a big star. We talked about it on this episode. This specific movie? Talked about in this episode. It's a cocktail. It's a cocktail. Mm. Kokomo. Yeah. Aruba. That's where I want to go. He's doing this. Big hit. Huge hit. Tommy couldn't miss. When he, when he, sorry, when he rains, he pours, I believe is the. Sure. Is the tagline? It's got a great tagline. A film based upon, do you guys know this? I think I do, but go ahead. TGI Fridays. When he pours, he rains. Yeah. That's a great tagline. It's a great, it's a great poster. Even though it's like, you're like, well, wait, what's the plot? It's like, I don't know. He's a fucking cocktail waiter. It looks like it would just be a character poster now. I know, right, exactly. It would be one. He would be the bartender in Thor. Is Brian Brown (laughs) his backup? Wow. Um, That movie is based on TGI Fridays. Which was originally a Hell's Kitchen bar and was the first singles bar. Right, 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 right. It's that was like, like a fun new concept TGI Fridays, in the 80s. Does the TGI Friday's La Chain now exist because of Cocktail? Uh, no, 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 no. Cocktail was like, like the success of this movie. No, no. I think it had already started franchising out at that point. But when it was founded, I think in the late 70s. Uh, it was late, like, 60s, late 60s. Late 60s. Geez. It was like the first like singles bar. Like this is where you go to hook up. It's legitimate. It's not some skid row, like, flea bag, like, joint. And there's the theatricality of, like, real mixed drinks, people, like, throwing the bottles and everything. And it was also, TJ Fridays created the velvet rope. Hey, man. Because it was, like, perfected by such, Jackson, such a big deal to get in Correct. that they had to put a velvet rope outside this, like, bar in, like, 
the the West fifties or something. And it was the East fifties, but uh, yeah, it was know. like yeah, it was like, it was like on the upper the East side. It was by the Queensboro Bridge, I think. It's yeah. like a classic bridge and tunnel. Bar. Yeah, so bizarre. Um, but it was huge, and uh, at, by this point, it had become a nationwide franchise. And Tom Cruise was making a movie that was loosely based on the real story. Aruba, of the guy. Jamaica, boy, I want to take yeah. her. Uh, to Mambo Bur- Italian, Bermuda, Bahama. And now Bermuda, there's this Bahama. whole sort of style of bartending called it's like bar flair. Yes, and I worked with the guy who competed. Oh, and like, like bartending yeah, championships? And like, yeah, and like competitions, and he was showing me all his like different like sort of like his routine, mm-hmm. if you will. It's almost like figure yeah. dancing yes. in that way. Yeah. And it was really impressive. He was yeah. flipping bottles all over the place. All because of TGI Fridays. Wow. Um, hey, some other films. Who God. framed Roger Rabbit? Good hey, movie. Wow. Another perfect. Bob 1988 Hopkins. is an absolute barnstormer year. Yeah. It is like I have my list and like it's like 20 movies I love. So what's your number one of 88? Roger Rabbit. I was going to say, yeah, Roger Rabbit. I think that's a really good take. Yeah. And above movies I adore, like The Last Temptation of Christ, Mm -hmm. which is very similar to Proof from Roger Rabbit. Totoro, Mm -hmm. Beetlejuice, Midnight Run, Uh Die Hard, Dead Ringers, Bird, which is one of the great Clint Eastwood movies. Still never seen it. Fantastic film. Married to the Mob, Mm -hmm. Uh, They Live. This is a great list. The Thin Blue Line, Bull Durham, which you just saw. I just saw last night. Uh, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. You got Mm -hmm. Big, you got Heathers. I mean, it's just fireball. And and the amount of films there that are major studio commercial films. I haven't even gotten to like Rain Man, that year's best picture winner, or Working Girl, which was a colossal hit, or Dangerous Liaisons, which is like a sexy period drama that was like, people were like fucking howling at the screen. (laughs) You know what a movie that came out there? Twins. Oh, Where someone was like, let's take this huge movie star and package him in a comedy and it fucking killed. Yeah, another Trey Wilson vehicle. Um, uh, uh, in my seven uh, unsuccessful months of film school before I dropped out of college, sure. uh, one of my professors was uh, Tom Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, the noted film critic and uh, uh, video essayist right. who made the film Los Angeles Plays itself, yes. which is kind of legendary for a long seeing. time. It's a great film that for a very long time was like impossible to watch because it was all using clips from other movies right. and the fair use laws weren't working to his advantage. And now it's finally, I think, visible online. It used to be like once a year he'd maybe screen somewhere and you could see it. But um, he screened it for us and he would I, – I was in his class. It was just like a lecture class where he would just ramble for two hours and it was the most engrossing thing in the world because uh, he was one of those guys who if, when he talks, it feels like his brain is on Jupiter and he's trying to explain to you what he's seeing. Um, but he always talked about how like there is an argument for Roger Rabbit being one of the greatest and most serious L.A. films ever made. 100%. And it never gets the respect where he's like, this movie actually digs into everything. Like he was like – Life in Hollywood, which is like a weird cartoon town. But also right. like, like uh, up against this really And also the really changing of Hollywood yes, and the highway coming through. But also the, like, one of the, the, greatest the corruption movie, yes. leading to the death yes. of the public transit system, yes. which used to be the best in the country. Yes. Like all these things. He would always – and it was like a somewhat scandalous claim, but he'd always be like – like, Roger Rabbit is so much more insightful than fluff like L.A. Confidential. <laughs> well, he had a weird beef with L.A. He Confidential. He doesn't like L.A. Confidential. He would just call it a bad film. Well, he is a bad person. No, he's not. He's, he's a good man. Uh, we've also got, got Tucker the Man in his dream. We've got Coming to America, another Jeez. 88 classic. Yeah. yeah and Midnight Run, which is fucking perfect. It's a perfect. Like, Midnight Run, which is a movie in some years I might have been like, well, I can't beat that. Yeah. Have you seen Midnight Run, Ange? You'd love it. Ugh. These two guys, they're no good. Yeah. But we love them. Groden. Oh. So grouchy. Oh, Groden at his grouchiest. It's- De Niro at his, I don't know. He's really run down in that movie in a fantastic way. I think he's incredible. It's incredible. I think it's one of his top five performances. Agreed. Agreed. And it is 
my argument is it is the best De Niro movie star performance. He is usually one of those guys where he's better when you give him more of a character to latch onto. And if you go just do the De Niro thing, yeah. he can kind of sleepwalk through it. Sure. And that's the one time that someone crystallized all the weird movie energy, his star energy. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm, so I'm into that call. He's also, I rewatched it with someone who hadn't seen it before. And the whole time they were like, wait a second. De Niro is so fucking hot in this. Oh, he this is. is the only time I've ever found oh, him hot. hot. His hair is unbelievable in it. His leather jacket. I mean, I think it's vibe. crazy to not find him hot in Godfather I know, that's, too, I but mean, like, that's crazy. I, I think he's hot in a lot of movies. He's hot in a lot he, of movies. And he is so I'm hot. I'm making a De Niro face is. right now. Yeah. Uh, the other oh, thing boy. with Midnight Run, Ange, yes. is that you're watching it the whole time, and you're like, this is just really good entertainment. This is perfectly made, and the end makes you cry. Uh, and you're like, how the, the fuck? So I didn't think I cared. Yeah, Ficado's so good. Yeah, Ficado. The whole cast. The whole cast is good. Dennis Farina. Oh. Oh, God. We've had some times on this podcast. We have. We've talked like we've about some movies. Yeah. Married to the Mob, another great one. Another great one. Next week, Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Good movie. Good. Hot take. Movie. Uh, we got Emily Vanderwerf coming up on that. That's right. It's in the can. It's in the Canderwerf. It's in the Canderwerf. <laughs> Ange. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Part of the family. Your family. I also did demand I do this episode once we knew Demi. That was an exciting thing about... Was a contender. It was an exciting thing about Demi, though. That Like, the second he was sort of really making himself known as a a combatant, Mm. so many people came out of the woodwork and were like... This is my guy. This is our guy. Put my name down. Who's your guy? Who's my guy now? I love that. She's doing a Marin joke. Oh, yeah, sure. Who are, who are your demis? <laughs> who are your demis? David's like so exhausted by that bit. He's like, oh, I read that one. Uh, I'm tired. Yep. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, real quick, I just want to plug um, my brand. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to my Twitter, oh, you can uh, see the the store. Uh, I'll be offering by stuff January. once a month. By the January, jeans yeah. will have been dug up by the time this episode uh, comes jeans out. Jeans come out March 1st. But when are they being undug? Do they, there's, yeah, they uh, come out, and when do they come out? They come out on the same day I buried them, so sometime in mid-February. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll unearth them, and they will be for sale. So Q1 launch. this nightmare only been going on for a year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. Okay. Can't wait for to read a local news story. Man arrested digging up his own yard. Clearly I wish, murdered I wish someone. I could remember right now, but kidding. someone so bizarre recently asked me, how are the jeans going? Wow. Marty? Like, what if you dug up the jeans and there was a person <laughs> inside, Ben? Anyone else got any 2020 predictions? 2020 predictions. January um, now. My birthday comes out. My, my birthday, birthday comes, comes out. out. <laughs> yeah. birthday, my birthday is uh, drops a week after this episode, so I'm just nice. going to shout out myself. What are you going to do? What's, what's the birthday party? I don't know. I have always wanted to go to Medieval Times, but it's mm. like very hard to coordinate. Yeah. Please let me organize your uh, Medieval Times birthday yeah. next year. So my birthday is January 20th. We love it. And um, um, I'm going to plug my Twitter handle. You can follow me Magnafarda. at Magnafarda. At I also do like comics and doodles on Instagram, but it's at the Magnafarda. Mm. I have reached out. Someone took Magnafarda, and I'm going to see if they can swap. So I hate to see it. Maybe look up both. But okay. right now, I'm at the Magnafarda. So check it out. Thanks, guys. And thank you all and for listening. Blank check. Yes, follow blank check. Pod. Uh, like please pod, right? The remember. actual handle. Yes. Please remember rate, review, subscribe, and follow our social media handles. Uh, go to our Patreon where we're now uh, doing Star Wars. If you've been holding off because you didn't want to hear us talk about Marvel movies, Martin Scorsese, we're talking to you. Yep. Yep. Now, now we're in Star Wars. That's right. 
We're, co- we're covering the wars. Yeah. The ultimate squad. <laughs> That's right. Hashtag squad. Hashtag squad. Um, yeah. But we, right around the time just, of this release. We, we just released, as long as we don't change the schedule, our solo episode. Sure. Which <laughs> comes earliest in continuity. Yes. And then um, in on the 21st, we will have Rogue One with uh, Chris White's. The writer of the film. Yes. Uh, Watching it with us. It's spilling a lot of tea. Yeah. He does a thing in the I first. I needed a whole roll of paper towels and big nice to spilled. clean up all that tea. <laughs> your coach, your coach, your Jesus Christ, your couch was soaked. Uh, he does something <laughs> in the first five minutes of the episode that blew uh, my mind. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That I don't even want to tip my great. hand to at great. all. It was great. But it was uh, perfect. We love you, Chris. Come back. Let's say he walked away with a, a big bag of comedy points. Yes, he did. Um, so listen to that. Subscribe. Blank check special features on Patreon. Uh, next week, Sansa Lambs with Emily Vanderwerf. Uh, th- oh, I'm skipping it. Thanks to Joe Bone and Pat Rounds for our artwork. Liam McGarren for our theme song. Angela Farragutto for our social media. David Dogson, thank you. Yes. Uh, and as always, just don't act crazy about the Shack franchise. Okay. Boo. I'm right. Okay, so look. What, wait, wait a second. What are you talking about? No. That's not how the show starts. We got to start with the, the Blimp Award in 2017. What we the fuck it. are you talking right, about? Right, you do, you do well, now this has to go at the end of the episode. Of course it does. Ben, we c- got, cut it you out. You psychopaths. You're really Griffin's amped up. You just already made coffee and got it. There's a tradition. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We're 260 episodes in? <laughs> Is that many? Mambo, mambo italiano, Mambo Italiano, go, go, go. You mixed up Sigiliano, all you calabrese do the mambo like a crazy with a hey, mambo.